Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Mama We Made It podcast. Woo! Whether it's breakfast time, lunch time, dinner time, your time, you're about to get taken on a journey. We got my brother Roushi in the building. You dig? And we got Nushi in the building. What it do? And today we have a great episode with Nia Andrews, singer, songwriter, artist, an overall wonderful human being. This is about her path, and her path is simply other. There's no better way to describe it. It's other. And this tale of other literally embodies and personifies the battle between the timid self and the tenacious self. Find out what we mean in this episode of Mama, We Made It. Ah! Mama! Mama! We made it! I said it too. What it, what it, what it do though? Get in there, girl. It's all love. Did you see? She gave the oh shit, I interrupted. that like, I can't imagine. This is not a vocal booth. But you know what's wild? Because like... A lot of people come on, they're like, oh, shit, I thought that, wait, y'all do that? Yeah. I thought that was I was cool. like, oh, I'm about to do it. I want to say we made it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I really like the song. Oh, wait, you guys do that live? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, huh. uh, we have a very special guest in the building. Yes, we do. The very talented and lovely, give it up for Nia Andrews. Nia Andrews. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was our studio audience. She the... Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm so glad we can make me. this happen. We've been talking about it for a little bit. Mm. And more so, shout out to L'Oreal and Kalia for introducing. Ladies, shout out to y'all. The homies. Ooh. Yes. This is amazing that you could be here. Where you are now mm-hmm. on your journey is incredible, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. You're on the cusp of doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you've already done so many amazing things, and it's like you're just getting started. Yeah. And that's like, when we talk about this stuff in the journey, there's so much like untold story that goes up to that point where people actually start noticing things, and you start getting like credibility or recognition Mm -hmm. but most of the time it's like no i'm not like the best new artist i've been doing this for 15 (laughs) years and now you're just catching on so i can't wait to dive in and uh into your path into your journey the ups the downs and everything so thank you this is gonna be it's gonna be amazing yay so getting into it your la Born and raised. Born, Born and, and raised. raised. One of the few shout out. Mm-hmm. Incredible. What? What's up? Shout out to y'all Angelinos. The dub. Yeah. yeah. Mr. DLP. Yeah. <laughs> We're a rare breed. Yeah. Take us back to, to young Nia Andrews. Uh-huh. Where'd you grow up? What was what was life like as a as a youth, as a, a youngin'? A youngin'. Little babe. Little I grew babe. up in Inglewood. Yeah. The wood. Yeah. Always up to no good. You know, Mac 10 
introduced that Inglewood to me, but Inglewood's like a tree lined street to me. Like, hello, older people on my block (laughs) that's been there for like 40, 50 years. I'm like, I don't understand that Inglewood, but I know it's there. I have a big family. Everybody, my whole family is here. Um, Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And so I've got five sisters. Oh, wow. Yeah. And five stepsisters. Oh, And so. And they're all here in L.A. Everybody. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what. No brothers. Brothers uh, in law. Okay. Play brothers. There it is. Hey. <laughs> they came hey. around. They came brothers, around. I see you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um it just was all girls. Mm. Um, but I grew up as the fifth born of the six of us before okay. I met my stepsisters and I was the only musician. Really? Wow. Yeah. When did you start playing music? Was that very young? I mean, I don't remember when I started there's oh it was like that yeah oh wow there was a piano in the house and I just always was you know banging on it yeah yeah but I didn't have lessons and I wanted them so bad when you're the fifth born by then it's like ah we're tired yeah you know what I mean like uh yeah we'll get you lessons we'll get you lessons and they just didn't happen <laughs> you know it's kind of a rare thing for a kid to want piano lessons like you always hear about the kids it's like ma'am i had to do these piano lessons yeah this piano is just boring like yeah i wanted it so bad my wow. older sisters had it and they didn't like it so by the time it got to me it's like no i really want it they're like no she's not gonna like it oh man did that force you to really like learn on your own oh yeah yeah so i'm self-taught okay but my dad is a music teacher Mm. And music manager. Okay. And so I soaked a lot up just being in. He rented an apartment and like let young artists around LA come in and just wreak havoc. You know, he had an MPC 60, like oh, old school wow. SP12. Really? Yeah. Like he had a lot of older stuff too. It was an eight track in there. I'm like, what is this? So you had like a studio set up. Yeah, like old stuff and like the more modern technology of the day too. He's yeah. always been into like whatever is next and he had lots of vinyl. And so he let like young producers come in there mm. and tear through his collection. And so I would just be like the kid sitting on the floor watching. Oh, wow. Yeah, but but not, I don't think he wanted me to go into music. So he's just like, kind of pushing that off to the side why do you why do you think that it's hard oh and, do you and think even from a young age just like exploring creative expression it was like that too like let's kind of take her out of music i don't know if it was super conscious yeah but i don't know i just i can't really figure it out what the thing that makes the most sense is that he was trying to protect me absolutely mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so most of his proteges were like, were boys and I don't know. It is kind of like a a, a bro town, the music industry. It definitely is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's a bro down, bro town. I mean, it's like <laughs> I didn't know very many girls who mm. played instruments. Of course, there are women who play instruments, girls yeah. who are into music. But like, I was into music in a way that was unusual, and I didn't have a lot of peers who 
was into it in the same way that I was. What What was that? unusual aspect of it for you. like for example coming up in Inglewood and everyone's like Tupac you know I'm like oh my god listen to have you heard of DJ Premier mm. like listen to these beats oh my god listen to you heard of Roy Ayers such and such sampled this listen to like the breaks uh, I used to dig mm, you know but yeah. small like 11 oh wow like little wow so it was weird <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? That's like, epic, though. You know? What kind of got you in that realm? Just so curious mm. about sounds and, like, the way different sounds feel and how they made me feel. Yeah. So, like, my sisters, they would tease me because I was always very sensitive. And so, like, certain songs would make me get emotional. Like, I have a picture. I remember this so clearly. We went to some restaurant, and it was a pianist there. And the song made me feel so, I don't know, just melancholy. And I just got lost in the melancholy. And they're cracking up. Look at me over there tripping. You know, and they took a picture of me, like, curled up in my chair, sad. But it's like, how do you describe that? Wow. The way, you know, it's like, I didn't really have the language to describe the music is making Mm -hmm. me feel this way. Mm -hmm. You know? And so talking to friends, it's like, she's weird. What? Oh, man. So I just became kind of a loner. And the piano was my first, like, close friend. Mm, where I could incredible. just unload a lot of feelings, not realizing until I stopped playing that that's what I was doing. It's like having that outlet for all of the things that I couldn't say. Because I didn't... When you're young, you're not conscious of this stuff. You're, you're just like... No. Yeah, you're just... Doing you, being you, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, no, and just transcending that through the instrument. Yeah. It, you know, often it is an outlet. What's just surprising is that it was an outlet at that young an age. Yeah. You know, I feel a lot of people discover that maybe later in their teens or when they're going through some angst. But, yeah, I mean, when you're just pouring out feelings as a as a young kid, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. That's, I'm just, that's crazy. Cause I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. thinking, I'm just thinking in my head. We had a piano and um, sitting there, and I'm the only one that played it. Mm. But even for me, it was like learning heart and soul or like, you know. Yeah, I did that It's like, oh, this is, it was more like fun. It was, there wasn't like that instant emotion emotionally, you know. So I'm just trying to visualize like what that must have been like as a kid. And especially, I guess, with not a lot of people you can relate with. Yeah. It must have really flowed through. Did you go to school for music? What kind of school did you go to growing up? Um, I went to just regular public schools. Mm. I mean, I went to private school for middle school. Mm. Um, it's so funny because I don't know what it is about like Christian schools, but sometimes they have the wildest kids. Yeah. <laughs> How so? I mean, it's just like maybe it's an expectation for everyone to be so kind and pious, but... Mm. It's so strict and so many more rules that people are trying to break those rules. Yeah, no question. But it could have just been the age, too. You know, middle school is kind of weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But I was there, and then I went to Lock High School. And that that was a public school in South Central, Mm -hmm. outskirts of Watts. And it wasn't a music school, but they had a strong music department. It was my dad was the head of the music department there. Oh, wow. And so he had a a career in music. 
He used to work at Motown. He's a Grammy-winning songwriter, producer. He did, like, string arrangements. He's, like, a musician. musician. Incredible. Oh, wow. Uh, but he's a philanthropist, and he's really dedicated to education yeah. and is extremely passionate about it. So he started teaching really young. So he'd, like go in the studio, do his record label work, but then still teach. It wasn't like, he didn't fall back on that. He chose that. Mm. In fact, he's retired and he's still subbing. And <laughs> I'm like, you retired. Why are you still teaching? Yeah, I had to take over his class. He was having a hard time. I'm like, you love this. Like, why did you retire? <laughs> I want to ask you something about you at an early age yeah. and knowing this as well. Mm -hmm. Because your dad seems like, the type of musician turned executive turned uh, teacher as well that like it, in order to go through that progression you really have to like have a love as he obviously did and see potential within you know your peers or your students right mm -hmm. and you the being the, the the fifth out of the six yeah the fifth but like your sisters had gone through the music rings and they just didn't like it and then you like Naturally, for somebody that has that much attachment, like obviously loved it and were there just like doing what you could through the ages. Yeah. And then knowing that music hits you that way, what, did you and your father talk about music growing up? Like even the shielding aspect, but it's like you're curious. Yeah. So were you like rattling off questions, asking? I like, would how ask that? questions. I would ask more questions about his experiences and mm. he was very cagey about that mm. so like he had a band called karma and i'd be like i want to hear karma like what <laughs> i found the record by digging oh wow you know what i mean like what was that like i mean it was kind of weird that i had to search oh, for it like yeah. anybody else right, right, right. you know what i mean <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um he didn't humor it that much and okay. also like uh, I just, I am ve like very hardworking. I've, I've tried to unlearn my workaholic nature. Mm, what do you mean by that? Because I was so identified, I identified myself with what I did to such a degree that I realized as I got older that I didn't have that much connection with who I was mm. aside from what I did, you know oh, what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So like I've learned, I've been trying to practice successfully laziness just so I can like learn what it feels like to just be me, not um, I do this, I do that, and therefore I am. Because yeah. when you are not doing, when things like stand still, are you still gonna like yourself? Are you still gonna know yourself? And so my childhood was very much like high achieving, overachieving, trying to get attention. Like, look, Absolutely. I'm going to do this really well and then maybe I'll get help. Or, okay, I'm going to achieve even more. Then maybe I'll get attention. Mm. And what I instead paved was a road that showed, oh, ne everything comes really easily to Nia. Mm. And they couldn't see the effort yeah because again all my emotions were going into the piano i was like not very vocal or verbal yeah. at all yeah i go to i remember being in sixth grade and 
saying something and someone being like, oh, that's what your voice sounds like. Because I was <laughs> so quiet. <laughs> wow. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, now I'm very chatty. Yeah. <laughs> but it took a long time. Wow. Yeah. So but, we didn't have a lot of those talks. No. <laughs> we do now, which is fun. Well, welcome to the Mama We Made podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Yes. Were you were you really aware of that as you were kind of progressing, or is it something that you Mm-mm. finally like had to kind of stop and look back at yeah. and just be like, hmm? That, that's an adult yeah. realization. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I'm just gonna keep achieving, and I mean, I skipped fifth grade, and I finished high school early, mm. and so I was like this. People thought of me kind of as this like little wonderkin, I guess. It's like, no, I'm actually working my ass off. Yeah. It's not like it's coming so naturally and easily to me. (laughs) I'm just like, look at me. Somebody please pay attention to me. Like, let me show how much like I'm working really hard. But I was burning out like very, Mm. very young, you know. And so my dad would just sometimes be like, ah, I just that's coming easy to her. It's not it, it wasn't like. Were you so much awareness on the passion that I was putting into yeah. it. Yeah. Were you ever vocal about the look at me aspect or was it just like head down, I yeah. hope y'all see it? No, I would ask for a lot of help, but it just didn't translate. I don't know. I think, too, being in a community that, I mean, at that time, like, there were families where the kids didn't know where they were going to sleep at night. Wow. You know, it's gang violence or some people are dealing with real poverty. Yeah. And so like in Inglewood where I went to school in middle school, it was, you know, more working class and middle class families. Um, not as many low income families, Yeah. but my family didn't have money like that. Yeah. When I was coming of age, it was like during a, tougher time Mm -hmm. so i didn't have the nikes or the i never had name brand shit yeah can i say shit yeah oh yeah shit has been dropped probably 30 times already (laughs) oh i'm like did we say that i wasn't (laughs) wait did we say yet (laughs) shit there it is (laughs) one two (laughs) three Okay. Let's get it all out at once. <laughs> We're good? We're good? All she right. switched it up on us. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't have those things. I, you know, but when I got to Locke, people were so much, like, really poor. Some people had some, I mean, I don't want to paint it like it was this impoverished school, yeah. but the demographic was different yeah. for me. And they were looking at me like, I had all the money because oh, relative wow. to how they were coming up, they're like, yo, you are rich and you're spoiled and you're so I never really fit in anywhere. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. On top of being the music nerd. Yeah. Just nerdy. And so like asking for help, my dad, he had so much empathy for the kids who were without that yeah. it was hard to read like my desires like these kids need more yeah so let me yeah take care of them so i mean it didn't translate that what they didn't have wasn't like a monetary or material it was like you were searching for like having interaction and and 
kind of just learning amongst the group of people, whether it's people yeah. or groups in general, no? I needed just one-on-one because, mm. I mean, it was good that I was able to teach myself mm. a lot, but there gets a point, gets to be uh, a point where you need mentorship Absolutely. and you need a teacher. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? So by the time I got to high school, that's when I started getting into jazz. And my dad started this multi-school jazz band. And so I'm like, yes, I get to play with other players, yeah. which was great. And was this the first time, really? First time playing with other players. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was dope. But it was also kind of crazy because these are kids who had lessons and parents who helped them and teachers who helped them and my parent and teacher who up to helped this them point. up to that point. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm the only one who couldn't read. I mean, I knew some music theory, but I couldn't like, you couldn't sit a chart in front of me and just like, okay, Nia, play. I just, at the start of that year, I couldn't do it. it when, was, when you're talking about jazz too, that's such a technical thing and it's you need so much reading. Like, that's already a, Day one is like advanced. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if you're just a, a player at For home. For real. Playing and you're like, play jazz. You're like, I jazz. Like I listen to hip hop. I listen to rock. <laughs> like what, what is jazz? Like it's, it can be a really foreign thing. Yeah. You know, I feel like even as musicians, if you play jazz, it's almost like you play real music. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's a jazz player. Already they're good. Already they're good. Like, oh, you play rock. Yeah, I, I feel you're, you're over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the jazz. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's but worlds apart. It is. Like, it worlds. Is, it's, but there's that like kind of weird hierarchy. It always felt to me, like, oh, those are the jazz players. It's intimidating when you walk in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and w- when you g- growing up and playing, what yeah. did you play? I played, I mean, I wrote a lot. Ah. And so I've made... Now, I'm making myself sound so amazing. I don't know what it was. I wrote a lot. No, I just, it's like, I, it's little ditties, no, little, little yeah. kitty no. things. It's like, Absolutely. what do I want to, well, I tried to play a lot I of mean, things what, by ear. I'm not going to say it, but you did it, like, just. It's not like I it was wrote. just, it wasn't like Beethoven. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just literally these little songs that I would play that was coming from my heart. And then, you know, I. For at least you were singing the, you know what I mean? Like I would try to learn those songs, and at one point, I was trying to learn a ragtime song, which is so complicated playing stride piano. Like your hands were doing totally different things. Like whatever I heard, yeah, I would just try to play that. So you know, pop music, whatever. But writing songs is actually an interesting topic that Mm -hmm. I just want to mention real quick because. If you had play, if you had taken lessons mm-hmm. growing up, there it's often that kids that, that take a lot of lessons growing up and do that, it becomes so formal and so entrenched in learning these classical pieces or these jazz pieces that you actually don't become a writer. Like when mm-hmm. I went to college, I was blown away at seeing so many incredible virtuoso musicians that literally said they've never written a song. That's wild. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've I think that too. Yeah. It's so weird to me. It's weird. <laughs> I remember wild. my piano teacher um, at USC could play the shit better than the originator. Wow. And never even thought of writing. Like, because learning 
learning music is its own thing in itself. Learning you have to, to learn, interpret. To interpret the field. It's, it's, it's a whole world yeah. that I will mm-hmm. not understand for a very long time. But songwriting is also its very own world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's just important to point that out for you to be that young and, and writing songs as is, is little ditty as they were. Yeah. It still shows kind of where your head was at versus maybe the, the student in the box right. that had the lessons, you know? Yeah, I always was a creator. Yeah. And I always thought that was normal, you know? Like, ooh, I'm imagining that just ideas all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And not to mention, like, people that take lessons also can be brilliant and are brilliant yeah. songwriters. And I know, I know some. I know uh, a lot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's yeah. so many different like, layers and manifestations of musicianship, though. It's you true. know what I'm saying? Like, you'll have your band players, you'll have your session, you know, guitarist, bass players, you'll have your guys that come in to help write. So, so there's so many different degrees. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's wild, like, thinking about this, like, little engine that would aspect mm-hmm. of your childhood. Oh, I like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, because... It's one of those things where I kind of like, as we kind of progress, I want to go back mm-hmm. uh, and just hear your, your input on this because it's like so many different artists and creators grow up so differently, even if they're in the same regions or in the same environments or you put all things equal, so to speak. It's like this is the pure humanality of it. It's like this is how you were raised. Mm-hmm. You also were one of of six, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like people don't take into account if like somebody has one child, they're dealing with that child, all the focus is on them. As as parents grow and are also, you know, have their careers and are building a growing family, you don't in life we don't put the dynamic of okay, oh you were the fifth. Yeah. Your parents had gone through the children placement and children. affects everything. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like all of these things wherever somebody is and born into a type of life, like all of these things out of our control can play a big role in mm-hmm. how they, how it's like set, right? It's and it's so like, it, it's beautiful to hear it in, in, in your different, I guess, embodiments as you're going. You know, there's so many questions like, did you have a group of like a couple friends that like felt it that way? But then you think back to like, holy shit, like, elementary school, middle school, and high school, like, cats are ruthless out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if you're this little, like, rambunctious internally wanting to learn, like, but, like, not getting how to say it, and it's, you're always naturally seen as the one that knows it all. So, like, you're, but what are you saying? And yeah. It's, it's just insane, right? Mm-hmm. But it's crazy how, like, you're pushing against the grain and pushing against the grain. Yeah, I mean... The, <laughs> Forgive me, that's exactly, like, it's like there's so many different embodiments and so many different aspects in life itself, as I'm sure we'll see, that, like, affect yeah. uh, decisions and also, like, mediums of, of expression, even. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let alone just music. How, so how was the, the, the jazz band experience? Like, it, at first you were just like, okay, I it can't It was dope, but it was scary, because... Mm. I had a lot of feel, a lot of feel, a lot of heart, not a lot of technical ability. Yeah. So I was I wasn't the only piano player, but um 
do I want to say? I was the best piano. Ooh, <laughs> I you like, better do I damn well say, say that. <laughs> I mean, I think I was. Anu- yeah, you were. Anusha's going to yell at you in about two seconds. <laughs> you, you, you keep this up. Anusha's going to yell at you. Yeah, Just you in terms best. of feel and sound. I, I mean, that's that. very biased. I but that's I what I thought. That. I might have to give her the humble. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. I thought that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, I'm you damn right based on where I am, you know, in the journey, having taught myself. But I think just being so raw, my feeling, I just always really appreciated the way I sounded. Were you you getting flack from your peers and the teachers of like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not how you do it? The most flack from my dad, because he's the band leader. Okay. The most, he was the hardest on me by far. Mm. And What was the flack for? I mean, just like weird, just you wanted me to pull up, but it's like I'm doing the best I can, (laughs) given the fact that like, I mean, I don't know, he's very boot campy, which is why his students, they love him for that. Yeah. I think he's also very male, and so I'm not working with testosterone. Like, males and females are fundamentally different. Yeah. We are very different. And so without um, that kind of, I mean, I think women have some testosterone, but it's just a different way yeah, of being. Yeah. And I'm also like very sensitive. And this is not just some teacher. I'm going to go home and get my wounds licked by my parent. This is my teacher and my parent now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and I was like one of the only girls in the band. So it was fun playing with all these musicians but the camaraderie, it was hard to have that because I'm the daughter of the scary band leader <laughs> and I'm like coming to jazz band rehearsal in my cheerleading uniform sometimes and it's a bunch of hormonal boys. Yeah. Oh. And so I didn't even think about that until, I mean, some of them I'm still friends with and so we laugh about it now, but yeah. I didn't think like I'm causing all kind of hormonal confusion smiling in my cheerleading uniform like oh my god did you hear the that way shorter record like trying to talk music and they can't even like yeah i mean it happens (laughs) you know what i mean i'm not another person in the band i'm a girl yeah so it was just that divide too like the guys were all really tight and they're still tight to this day and like it's amazing but i couldn't really get into that either yeah because you know i was a cute little girl i can dig that <laughs> and you're a beautiful woman oh, you know what i'm you. saying and you can be in a cheerleading outfit right now and we'll still be having this damn podcast <laughs> you know what I mean? let's go give me an a you dig but so was it all of this that really i mean look because you were balancing I feel like you were like soaking and running at the same time. It was a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's like you're skipping grades, you're internalizing all these things. Yeah. A phenomenal student, phenomenal. Like you put, you put everything into working at being, at learning and being curious and being great at things, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just to like be great. Like, no, I was I'm just, just so hungry it, trying yeah, to prove something. It was look at me. Yeah. And, like, take me seriously, too, because I say cute little girl, not like, I'm saying it in a way that's saying I looked like a child. 
Yeah. Like when I was mm. 15, I looked nine years old, like wow. straight up. <laughs> I looked like a baby. And so I developed a seriousness yeah. to show like I am serious. Yeah. Take me take me seriously. Yeah. You know? Fifteen. Yeah, I'm fifteen. I I'm know. I've been foot down. I've been around you know, like it yeah. just it was there's constantly, constantly proving, 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 you yeah. know? And I mean, by the time I was fifteen, I had a nervous breakdown. Really? Yeah. Fifteen years old, senior in high school. By the way, wow. fifteen years old, senior. A senior. Wow. So you were dealing with all, always being the little one, and even looking like you're ten years old. Yeah. The whole way through. And, but then, given a lot of responsibility because I was hardworking. Yeah. But it being perceived as it's just easy for her. Was that just like torture for you? It was awful. It really was so hard. And then trying to prove, but no, I'm normal. I'm normal. I'm normal. Look, mm. I, so I'm gonna join the cheerleading squad and look, I'm having fun. I'm being a like a real high school student. I'm not. I'm normal. Well, <laughs> yeah. also like think about. <laughs> it was so nuts. And think about. It's insane. That, just to think of like the the pressure on the mind at that point, and just like what you're going through. And and as a senior, like the people around you mm-hmm. are older. 17, 18. In teenage years, that's yeah. like 40 and 50. No, it's yeah, so different. <laughs> yeah. And so it's to have that type of pressure and not even like your brain is still developing. Oh, yeah. As a, you're a kid. Yeah. You know. And a late bloomer. It's I was short. It was like, just nuts. I was smaller than everybody. <laughs> so you went in there as like kind of the, the social outcast because it's like you hear of like young kids, elementary school and middle school and then going to college. So they have to deal with it just there. Mm-hmm. But you were the ultra young kid in high school also. I was, was accepted it, was it though because my sense of self was pretty strong. Like okay. I I looked really young. Yeah. And, you know, people would. I got my fair share of being teased all through school, but yeah. I learned really early. Like if you don't, if you don't give energy to it, people yeah. get bored with that really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely. so, you know, I'd be teased and then I would just shrug like, okay. And then the person would be like, uh, yeah. And then they <laughs> yeah. think I was cool and want to be, want to know more about me. Awesome. It was a really weird it wasn't intentional. I yeah. just, I literally only cared about youth. music. Yeah. I didn't really care about fitting in. I didn't have any of the stuff to fit in. Yeah. You know, like all the clothes and stuff. All my stuff was hand-me-downs from my sisters mostly. So I think that's why I'm into vintage to this day because I'm not used to having a lot of new things. Wow. <laughs> you know? Like, Absolutely. I hear you. Um, yeah, I just was always other like always always other wow and when you had this nervous breakdown what what was that moment like was it was it like a one-time thing or was it like you know a period of period, a period. Of anxiety? Yeah. i don't remember um how long i just remember that i kept breaking down crying mm. and and i couldn't read like i knew something was up when i couldn't recognize words on a page oh my oh, god wow. i was like I, I what's happening i can't i know there are words on the page like it just it was almost <laughs> like the book was upside down and the words were moving around it's like my brain was just what like, like yo i'm I done it was just a lot of pressure i was on a- academic decathlon i didn't want to be on it um 
but I just felt obligated. I had a hard time saying no. Mm. And then just trying to pull up and ban. I mean, that was, I grew leaps and bounds that year because I was playing with people who had more education and experience than me. So yeah. they were essentially better players than me. And so by the end of the year, I could read core charts, which was a huge, like, hell yeah. It's like, I didn't know how to read like note by note, but to be able to understand the shapes, if if I'm reading A minor nine on a chart and to be able to play all the changes and play different inversions of the changes, like that was a really huge mm. growth period. But unfortunately, <coughs> that was my last year in high school and I was so burnt out and so frustrated by all of it that I, that's when I decided to quit music. I was like, fuck this. Now, before <laughs> we jump. this anymore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to dive in. Yeah. yeah hold but. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm taking 10 moments of silence. <laughs> Quitting music. It, I mean, just that decision alone is so heavy. Mm-hmm. So heavy. So just understanding where your mind must have been mm-hmm. to even try to understand that is almost illogical yeah. for you to quit something that isn't just for you. It, it wasn't like I'm going to be, I'm playing music just to be the fucking rock star. It was, this no. was your outlet from before you could remember. Yeah. And for that to, it's like, what do you, after that, what do you even, what does the world even look like when you quit something that's so much a part of you that's not just sitting there playing your instrument, but, but seriously something that is that that impactful on your entire being. Aside from, you know, it being such an important part of your journey of where you sh- should and could be going, mm-hmm. you know, like your entire trajectory, right? This is one thing that you truly lived for. And if you map that out, the road is like, yeah, keep doing this and keep doing this, and this is what this is the the formula, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to consciously stop that, it's like, who are you mm-hmm. at this point, and where the fuck are you going? Yeah, yeah, it was that was. I think I said this to you before. Like the piano felt like my first heartbreak, like my first real breakup. Mm. I was just so brokenhearted. And it was an angry, like, fuck this. Mm. I didn't even curse at the time. I just was like, F this. <laughs> not the helicopter is going on, but I know I'm not doing it. <laughs> so Christian. <laughs> what in the helicopter is, is going, going on? on? Had to ask for the shit permission, but it's driving the helicopters over here. <laughs> yeah, it just, I mean, and my music aspirations were personal. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I want to be a star. It was, I want to play piano at Nordstrom's and <laughs> like to put myself through school and maybe, I think Missy Elliott. Mm. made me feel like oh maybe i can produce i love that so i was learning midi and just like making little beats while you were in high school yeah always on a keyboard i didn't have a drum machine um but did you start hating it or was it like it was just breaking your heart it just was too hard like all of it all of my goals 
and all of my responsibilities that I took on myself. No one was like, yeah, you have to do this. You have to do that. But I think I was trying to prove so much all at once and then just getting dragged by like playing with all these other musicians who I wanted to connect with, but I wasn't able to connect with feeling like such an outcast and, and just being tired of like watching all the other kids get help. I was like, what is this for? What years and years. This is years. I'm like, what, how much more can I swim upstream? My arms are tired. Yeah. I'm, it's cold. I'm going to just close this piano up and I'll see you when I see you. And that was a long time. And it's a crazy dynamic (laughs) that it was like, you know, it was under that, that like period was under the guy, your, your father was the, the, the head of the, the head of it. Right. Yeah. And it's naturally like when, when you're, a parent is a teacher and you're in the class it just the dynamic offset is different yeah and then to add to that just like you know you vying for greatness but also being in an environment in which like it was constantly questioned and challenged right like you gotta or like you gotta be great on your own if you're gonna do this it was like tough love if you will no very tough love Mm. and just you know sometimes when you if you're not making a big like show of how much you're doing, because I I really valued, I don't know if it was a value. I think just being one of the quieter ones in my family, I just was used to not having a place or my voice not being easily heard. Yeah. So I just learned um, to just get on with stuff, you know? There's, I mean, this is going to sound like a random example, but hopefully this makes <coughs> sense. So I study sociology in school, and one of the studies that I read in school is that women in labor, um, single mothers statistically are quieter in labor than married women because married women have an audience. So it's like when there is no audience, how much of what you're doing is a performance? That's That's an extremely extremely like interesting example you know what i mean and how yeah. much is it like i it need to just lot of take sense. all my energy into executing the task and so that's how i was absolutely you know it's like no one's really paying like, attention yeah that was a perfect analogy yeah and to think of it like as a as you mentioned like a heartbreak too yeah but you're sad. the one breaking <laughs> it up i was like you you know it's like it's like you're it's like you're not getting your heart broken i mean you are but it's you're the one doing it you have control over that (coughs) i just was feeling like you're not showing me your ways piano and i can only take myself so far and you know i think it would have been better had i stayed in high school because i would have had more time growing at that rapid pace that I was you know senior I call it junior senior year because I I basically did 11th and 12th grade in one year um what made you do that just in a rush and again overachieving yeah you know what I'm gonna do it in three yeah like why (laughs) I feel you why 
with my son, I'm the complete opposite. Like I, I've been slowing him down mm. and he's like, I could be in fifth grade right now. I'm like, yeah, but if you, his birthday's in November and his year was the last year you could, I think now in California, you have to be five by September, Yeah. but his was the last year where you could be five by December and start kindergarten. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't want him to be four in kindergarten. Like yeah. your child is the shortest period of your life. Yeah. You if know, your life is not cut short. It's wild because like now that I think about it, like in the second grade for me, they kind of brought me into to, to the office and was telling my parents that like how destructive I was, but smart <laughs> I was. Like they're like your son's bored in class, yeah, right? And he's taking it out on everybody else. Not, but he's he's just like ask questions. Like is too smart with his words. And they they literally were like, we could either put him on Ritalin or he could skip a grade. And my parents and hearing you just makes makes that make so much more sense now from that perspective is that they were like, look, you're, for A, you're not putting any medicine in my, in my child. B, we're not gonna take him from his friends. Like, you're gonna keep him there. It's your job to figure it out. You figure out how to handle a student, mm -hmm. right? But we're not gonna elevate him at the time. And it's crazy because I even thought about it in high school, like, I should just skip some grades. Like, let me just get the fuck out of here. But there's also just like a flow to where it's like that comfort level of like being able to <laughs> bless you. It's crazy because I'm like <laughs> sidebar, <laughs> but like I'm the I'm the consistent coffer that it sounds like an outrageous sneeze. I don't even but edit I still, it out I still anymore. Say thank you. Yeah, but like I'm also the type when I hear one, I'm like, was that a cough or a sneeze? Hold on, it before was in I say, between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bless you. <laughs> But it's it, to see that dynamic. It's like it's beautiful to see that you know, we you. At the end of the day, it's wild like being a parent because what you go through life, you experience all of that, and then mm -hmm. you try and impart mm -hmm. it on your your seed. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy to think about that when, as we're kids, we don't realize, you know, okay, so if this is like that for every parent, like mm. they were doing it for me. And yeah. Then what was that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And most of the time, parents are responding to what they perceive that they needed. Yeah. And so it is yeah. kind of a tricky dance yeah. between, okay, because this is what I needed, but way. this is a totally different person yes. than me. Yeah. You know? And the times change. Like yeah. Society changes. Mm -hmm. So unless you're adapting to that, it becomes just, you know, the old guard in, in a new, you know, yeah. a scenario, yeah. if you will. How was college like for you at that? At that age, college was weird. Or yeah, imagine going to college at fifteen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I turned sixteen by then. My birthday's in the summer, okay. so right before school started. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> I turned yeah. sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you went to UCLA. I went to UCLA, um, which is like a a, a cut like a city. I, uh, yeah. it, is. it is when like, I'm there, like. I went to a show there recently, and it still blows my mind how freaking huge it is. Yeah. It is literally yeah. its own universe. And it's got this, like, hilly enclaves. It's like you're going up to different castles, like, out of nowhere. That and it's like the, it's a very idyllic, stereotypically collegiate setting. Like Absolutely. So many uh, films and TV shows <laughs> oh, are shot that Dear doubt. White People is shot there. It just yeah. looks like. This is what a college is it's supposed to look like. It's your quintessential college, folks. Yeah. So I hated it. 
I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go. I wanted to leave L.A. I just needed something else. But my parents were like, you're not going off to school yeah. at 15 years old. <laughs> like, you will go to UCLA. Yeah. I mean, USC was not in the not in question because it was expensive. Yeah. But See, what's crazy is like, I in, just even knowing this, we've been talking about this. I literally forgot like, wait, why wouldn't you go off to school? Oh yeah, you're 15. I was like <laughs> a child. Like, you know? I was responsible and like a little granny inside. I still am. I always have been. Little yeah. old lady inside. But they're just like, nah. I'm like, I don't understand. Like I've proven that I'm responsible. But I think my sensitivity and was just a lot. I mean, I'm I'm the artist of the fam. Now I see it as like, it's normal to me because I am an artist and my son is similar. He's super sensitive, emotional. Mm. He's creative, but in a family of non-creatives, it's like, oh my God, it's, what is she sad about yeah. now? What is she going through now? Yeah. Here we go. It's, you know, yeah. it's just too much. So they're like, you will stay here. And so I went to school, and it was the first time I was around um, in a long time. Because high school was like a lot of artists or musicians, just mm -hmm. cre people creating all the time. Yeah. You know, it was like a hood version of fame, kind of like <laughs> walking down the hallways, people freestyling and beatboxing on the way to class. Like yeah. it was so musical. And to this day, it was one of my favorite times just in the sense of being around so much pure raw creativity mm -hmm. where the kids didn't even know what they had i'm yeah. like i this is incredible <laughs> so then i go to ucla and it's like all flossy and kids from smaller cities who want to come to the big city right and they introduced me to the la everybody hates yeah so that shit was whack because yeah <laughs> i was like sunset strip really that's where you guys want to go hollywood like, like yeah. what <laughs> no it's true um because, I mean, UCLA, there's a lot of out-of-towners that go there. And yeah. a lot of people just from California mm -hmm. that come down and go there that want to get the L.A. experience. Just like, I guess, anyone else. But, yeah, like you say, if you're from here, you're like, really? You, yeah. You My experience was also just not that. So it was like, no, I was in like Lemur Park. No? I was in, in Watts. I was in more South L.A. My yeah. experience and just, you know... That was not that was not the L.A. that you see on TV. And that's what the transplants wanted to experience. And I get that. Yeah. But it was very hard, a hard transition because it slammed me back into another version of otherness, which is like, oh, I just felt so eclectic um, by comparison to everyone else. Mm. But again, here I am trying to show like, no, I'm normal. I'm just like, I'm normal. I'm a, I feel like yeah. that was always my, my cry. I'm normal. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally 16 in college. You're not normal. I mean, it just was like, I just, I'm like everybody yeah. else. Like, can we share interests instead right, of being right, this right. big blob of sameness? Like, no, we all want to go here. It's like, okay, but. There's this other spot that I know. Do you guys want to come with me there? No. It's going to be some weird shit. <laughs> you know? And now weird is, is normal. And so, so it's just, I just, it was an adjustment. It really was. Yeah. Were you living at home? No. The first year I lived on campus. That's crazy. Yeah. 
And so that was but how was scary. That, <laughs> how, how was that even in your, in the, you're in the same city, but how was that leaving your home? Um, and really just like living away. It was, I, it was kind of a relief to like be in a different environment, but it was, I went through massive culture shock because in, South LA is black people and Latinos and yeah. that's it. And both of my roommates were white. Yeah. And they were asking me stupid ass questions like, Do you know your father? <laughs> oh my Or God. you're so smart with like a perplexed look or <laughs> oh my. or like they would have their boyfriends staying over and like all four of them would watch me comb my hair in the morning. And Yo. It was the first time I saw Coke. Like well, just 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 the dust of it on yeah. my CD and like yeah. what is this powder on my CD or salt or whatever I thought it was, and so I moved out because it how, was just too much. How long? Um, I think halfway through the year, and I they moved me to another dorm with this um, Asian girl who was, well, she was, I think Vietnamese and Laotian, and I was like, what's lotion? She's like Laotian. <laughs> Was I had never even heard yeah. of like Laos, it's yeah. like <laughs> you know, I didn't know. I just was so yeah. in, in the bubble of brownness. Yeah. So, and that was like a totally different experience. Like meeting in that dorm room, it was a lot more Asian Americans. Yeah. With like parents who were not from America, they're from their respective countries mm-hmm. and the pressure that they experienced. Like it just opened me yeah. up to a lot of different that was refreshing. Like different cultures are like really different. Yeah, but what was kind of whack about UCLA at the time is that it was really racially stratified. Really? And so yeah, it's like you kinda had to hang out with your group. And so I was I made a lot of black friends, not because we had anything in common other than we're black. And so that was just <clears throat> a little strange because I would like to have experiences with people based on what we're into. Yeah. Not like we're stuck together because we look alike, but you don't n- understand shit about me and I don't understand anything about you. Yeah. Mm. So that's why my experience was really um, harsh, yeah. I think. Because I didn't know black people like me there. Mm. I mean, I literally did not know a single black person my freshman year who cared about jazz or listened to jazz. And when you're a teenager, music is kind of everything. Yeah. You know? So Absolutely. it's like, what kind of music do you listen to? I mean, fortunately, I was able to listen to all of the pop shit at that time, too, yeah. and be into it. But there was a huge part of me that wasn't being... Um, addressed in my relationships that's a kind of hang up on the shelf mm. for a while did you did you start going like even questioning going into music or exploring music in college no so by then i was like fuck that i'm gonna be a filmmaker so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> creative <laughs> still lateral yeah. move yeah. yeah i'm gonna get a regular job yeah, i'm you, gonna go in a Yep. Film. <laughs> filmmaker she did, she did an electric side sideways i mean i really thought i'm like this is just more straightforward and i'm gonna go to film school yeah. and i always had um like visual interests like when i would hear music i would 
imagine concepts all the time and I didn't really know that that was a thing you could do mm. and then Hype Williams like kind of just on a grand scale I was like oh yeah. my god this, yeah. I was like worshipping yes all things Hype you yeah. know nice. so I'm like I'm gonna go to film school but I couldn't afford film school so I would take classes but I couldn't Join the film department, you know? Oh, so by then, like once I was a sophomore, junior, some of the guys, or one of the guys that I went to is Kamasi Washington, who was in the jazz band in high mm. school, he comes to UCLA. Oh, and wow. so I would see him and he would pass me on Bruin Walk and be like, What's up, Nia? How come I don't ever see you in the music department? Mm. And I was like the first nudge like i know you from then <coughs> yeah how come i don't see you in the music department how I, and then i was just like you know i'd stop I, I wouldn't see him at all at a certain point because as you progress through college you know you start getting really into your in your department yeah and i i didn't even i think i took a music class but i was just like nah i'm not Mm. It was a piano in the dorm, and I would say to myself, I was going to go sit at it and practice, and I just Were could you guys not bring myself ages? to do it. Kamasi and yeah. I, yeah, I think he might be older than me, I think, by a year or two. I forget how old he is, but I finished before him because I skipped grades. Yeah. So most of my peers were older than me. Got it. But I was like... Was there something that kind of kept you from, because like, even, and thinking about it, like, okay, so you were this, it, you were this, this little girl that literally like felt music and saw music this way, right? Yeah. And then amongst your peers naturally become where you look at it now, like become these musicians mm -hmm. that really have an impact culturally and just like in terms of the talent, like a guy like Kamasi Washington, it's like, when you're describing yourself, you would think that even at that age, there was a semblance of that in him also. Oh, he's extremely, right? he's one of the most hardworking musicians I know. In, 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 that, in, that, in that world, like, what I ask myself is like, okay, so there's somebody like that that's like similar to you, mm -hmm. right? And from the standpoint of like, yo, like, look at me, we're over here, like, who's like me? Yeah. And then... In high school, you, you, you give up the music and then you go to college and then see one of the kids from that program mm -hmm. that even then, I'm assuming you can identify as like, okay, this guy's like a really dope musician. Oh, I knew in high school. I mean, the two guys in the band who were my favorite musicians are killing it right now, Kamasi being one of them. Yeah. I mean, it was clear then. Yeah. You know? Who was the second? Thundercat. See, you, these are like legends. <laughs> like, yeah. like, le le like a legend, a young lioness legend and two legends like in, in, in the flesh. I'm very far ability-wise as a player than them because I stopped. Yeah. So I can't even no, put myself in the oh, same absolutely. class. Oh, my, no. That's the jazz musician. Like the, <laughs> that jazz bar that you were talking about. Oh, well, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. Man. Was there They're the ones that, pushing that bar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
during that period in, in, in college, we're also like naturally like you're growing, you're becoming like 17, 18, like you're mm-hmm. becoming that, you know, true to form, you know, into, into womanhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was there something that stopped you from like even when Kamasi would say like, yo, what's going on? Like, why aren't you in the music program? Oh, to, no, I was to done. Reach out? Or you were just. I was like, no, I think that's it. Got Maybe it. I'll just play music for me. Got but it. I mean, I literally, I did not touch a mm. piano. I was like, I'm going to be a filmmaker. That's it. I really loved film. Um, <coughs> I love music video, really, as a format. Yeah. Because it it was so free form and you could just, it's like painting to music. It's like, how does the music inspire you? How does it make you feel? Can you put a visual to match how the music makes you feel? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. But since I couldn't afford film school, it got to a point where I was like, dang, this is getting really hard. Um, I'm having a hard time paying for this. Yeah. I mean, my parents did what they could, but, you know, it was still like, it was a tough time. I yeah. came of age during, I think, my parents' toughest financial time. Mm. So that was tough, and I was too young to claim independent. Mm. So I couldn't, like, get financial aid myself. Like, I knew some some people yeah. getting welfare in college. I couldn't qualify for that because I was a minor. Right, right, right. So I took... Uh, I didn't want to drop out because I would have been pissed off if I had wasted money and time in school with nothing to show for it. And I also yeah. had like a <coughs> a really like intense uh, sense of responsibility to my ancestors who weren't allowed to go to school. Mm. So I feel like I had to finish. Just, I was intense as a child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my ancestors couldn't, they weren't allowed to read or write. Some people d- would die to go, like, I have to finish. So UCLA, the minimum, it's on quarter system, so it's very fast, stressful yeah. system. And Ten I weeks think in and out, no? It's so, I think it's 10 or 12. I That's forget, it. it's fast. Yeah. Um, maybe it's 10, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so I the minimum like to be full time is twelve units, I think. Mm-hmm. I was taking twenty four. I took a double load. Oh wow. Took two jobs and an internship. I'm like, okay, let me just try to Wow. It's just, just so I can get out. So I finished in four years. Most people finish <coughs> like it was really common to finish in five years because mm. it was hard to get your classes and stuff. And I just was like, I can't afford to be here an extra year. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I chose the shortest major, sociology. You need the least amount of requirements. Mm. And oh, wow. got out. And I was 19. <laughs> In and out that quick. Yeah. Wild. And what were you doing with... Um were you dabbling in making film or music video at that time too? No, I didn't. Just taking classes? I was taking classes. I wasn't really sure where to start, to be honest. And I was very timid. Mm. So I didn't have that like... Um, go getterness. It's crazy, like, like to see like the, the the internal the internal like tenacity and like the external timidness. I was so yeah. shy. It's like that battle, like and, and yeah, it's just like you're so young too, mm-hmm. and having like dealt with that kind of 
I guess internal and external conflict your whole childhood into mm-hmm. that. It's mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see how how actually like tenacious you were, but like timid in 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 I guess how it was expressed or even expressing it in certain times. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it was like constantly. I feel like you were just constantly on the run. It, yeah, it kind of felt like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What 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 kind of what were you ex- now you're out of college and it's just like I feel like it's it's a little different when when you hit the real world at 19 because when you think about it now it's kind of like okay like 19 is that age where you're an adult you know what I mean mm-hmm. um what what was kind of bless you, Thank you. or cough you cough. yeah cough you <laughs> cough you what it do um and it's wild because it was like you always were searching for this outlet. Like it, it was a creative outlet, it was an expressive outlet, it was mm. it was music, it was film. What what'd you jump into right out of college? I got a job at cooking.com. Cooking.com. <laughs> Respect. Uh, yeah. It was just like my first I was having a hard time getting hired, you know? And it was the first job I got, and I worked there for six months. Like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do there? I would take orders on the phone. Oh, just lit. There you go, cooking.com. Yeah. yeah. And then while I was there, I got word that Malik Saeed, who is this ill cinematographer and director who actually shot Belly, mm. was looking for an assistant. And I was like, oh, my God. And I applied. I sent the cockiest cover letter, like ever. The timidness set aside. I was just like, yeah. I was just like, yo, like I don't even remember what I said. I just remember it was so far out of my comfort zone. Completely out of your mind. If you didn't look at this and say, I need her on my team. No, essentially, (laughs) yeah. It was like audacious. (laughs) And so I met with him. And I started working for him. Wow. Um, what was that initial interaction like, though? Because, like, and, and I just want to, like, from the scope of that tenacious, timid, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Because there's a difference between bossing up on paper. Right. And going there, and are you carrying through the mm. look? Like, because, because either... <laughs> <coffee>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the, all right, we're here, what's going on? Because... As as a kid coming up, it's like yeah. even in those moments, it's hard to just be like, "Why don't y'all fucking listen to me? Hold on, okay." Like not vocal about it, like just on some like, "Oh, it's like this, so watch me just be great." Well, see, that's I'm fucking my- normal, y'all. Well, my strategy was it. to like get quiet. Remember, I would say like, "Okay, I need to be serious, yeah, so you can take me professionally." Yeah. So I just I knew how to th- throw that on. Yeah. The uber serious professional how how was that that first interaction how was that how was that he i didn't know he was muslim and i was having a bad hair day and did not have a lot of like applying for job tips so my interview i had a head wrap on Uh and i think that really worked to my advantage I don't know, but I think, yo, you know what's wild, though? <laughs> just in all of this, 
There's been so many moments where you could think and be like, damn, you, it, it was almost as if it was set up. Yo, to the be, universe fa- was to like. To fail or yes. to like be like really <laughs> fucking difficult. Yeah. And then in your not knowingness in that, in that way. <laughs> Shout out to the gorgeous hair. You had a head wrap on. I was like, my sister, how are you? He was just like, Pleasure oh, okay. You. I could tell he was yeah. a little more open. Yeah. You know? And the fact that you didn't know. Like you I went in there and like another going in there blind with that. You know what I mean? The 15 year old going, the 16 year old going to the college is, what's going to happen? Now you just went in oh, blind, like, but, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see this direction. Ooh, my, my hair holy. It's like my hair. I don't right, know what to do with my hair today. I'm about to just. And yeah. You rolled up in there and I, I was just it. like, ting. <laughs> yeah, my guardian angels have my back on that yeah. one. Finally. Yeah. Shit. Where y'all been at? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but how was that? It was cool. I don't remember too much about our first conversation other than it was like a lot of comfort and recognition in each other. He felt like somebody I knew already. It was weird. And he's still like a brother to this day. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's wild though. Cause like now you just transition into the real world. Oh yeah. And God bless the the instance and and that day being a bad hair day for you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it, it's wild because, and this is just speaking to a lot of kids that go through this also though, because like when you hit the real world, the landscape is even for everybody. There's it's no so doggy the, dog. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. no like you were popular in high school. There's nobody no, gives was, a nobody fuck. Nobody gives nope. a fuck. Nope. <laughs> so you came in there regardless of, of who you were mad at or how, how high on a horse you were. Mm-hmm. You get into the real world and it's like, show up or get the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. And it's wild because you had literally, in my eyes, just had been preparing to show up. Mm-hmm. Because your work, it's, at the end of the day, it's work ethic yeah. that, that either accelerates you or just like... Leaves you, you know, doing backstroke in a in a pool of mediocrity. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I was definitely afraid of that. I was like, "Ain't nobody gonna save me." From- yeah, like this time, your fears were actually working to your yeah. benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like I got it. I think that was part of my work ethic too. Like, who's gonna take care of me? I got to take care of my. Just feeling, not feeling entitled to anyone saving me yeah. from life. Yeah, yeah, you know. Just very fear-driven ambitions, straight Absolutely. up. And it's also, but, you know, now you're working with him, and it's exactly what you want to be doing. Yeah. So it's that combined with something you're really, really into. Right. Um, for the first time probably in years, it seems that, like, you had something that, that drove you or something that you could be passionate about aside from music. It's like you had music, then you were in this dead zone. Yeah. Now you have a, a fire that's being lit. Yeah. Into the adult world. Two, yes. At first, I was like, yes. And then I get the job and I'm going to the cleaners and I'm like doing menial tasks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was doing some stuff, but I wasn't like able to come to set. It's like, nah, you need to handle sort, sort my files. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it was yeah. grunt. Assistant work. Work. But that's yeah. what it is. It is. But I just was like, oh, damn. And then 
I got exposed to this whole other world because, you know, it's music video directors and like I'm meeting video girls and we're the same fucking age. Yeah. And they are getting a lot of shit cracking because they're down to fuck and I'm not. And that was so weird. Yeah. I mean, you hear this. I was so eloquently said. <laughs> it was like, boom, yeah. right down the middle. You know? <laughs> like, let's just dart. Because it was just in, I was just in that world yeah. at this point. You know, I'm meeting what, other what, directors. What, what, what time period was this? This is like early 2000s. Yeah, for sure. You know? And being a video like Vixen was like a thing. Like, it was, it was a, like a real thing. And it could really put you on too. Yeah. I mean, I think I was telling you there was... Ooh, I don't know if I can even say I can't say I saw people getting getting looks like real opportunities mm. and no shade if that's your avenue yeah. or like if that's your weapon of choice your sexuality that you want to play mm-hmm. I mean I would just be looking at these women like damn you're older than me or we're the exact same age and I wish I could just commodify my femininity, but I was just so nerdy and yeah. like shy and awkward. I didn't even see myself like that. Absolutely. I mean, I graduated from high school and <coughs> almost got through high school before I had my first kiss. Wow. I was like a really yeah. nerdy girl. So it just was really weird. I'm like, here I am. I still have that general ethos of if you work hard, and mm-hmm. believe in yourself. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and people are going to notice. Just and, put your head down. Follow your work dreams. Hard. I just follow my dreams and I'm going to get recognition on my merit. And I saw, <laughs> at least for women, that was not often the case. Yeah. This was my first time being confronted with gender inequality and like. You're Patriarchy also in a world and sexism. That's very, very like prone to that at that period of time too. Yo, like it's the still extreme is. version yeah, of like that. The, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh shit. So I either gotta develop like maybe, maybe, okay, who's getting getting it cracking as women? It's like really bitchy, you know. Unfortunately, like yeah. masculinized women. Yeah. Or like sexy. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of in between. I'm sure that did exist. Yeah, there's anomalies everywhere. Yeah, but it just was like, oh, what is the currency here? Oh, wow. You know, like. And was that like at the onset or did it kind of develop? It developed because it's it's a very, I think, adult issue. At least it was for me. I wasn't like when I look back in hindsight, I could see, oh, they were treated better because they were boys. You know, but at the time I was just still coming of age. I was, you know, I wasn't even 21. Yeah. You know, I was so young. Mm. So it just was weird. And I wasn't raised with that either. I mean, I was raised with all these girls, but none of us were like girly girls did you have anybody like during those periods that you were able to like talk to about that like anybody mm-hmm. just in your corner or was it just like constant 
It was an what like in, an onslaught. What in the helicopter is going on in, yeah. in, this, in this scenario right I now? I mean, at one point, I did meet someone who was like a mentor for a short period of time. But by then, it was I was I had moved on. But yeah, it was like it was really just figuring it out mm-hmm. as I went along, and it was it was honestly kind of depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to when you think about it, like just even taking it outside of of ourselves here like figuring it out alone is really hard it's really hard because it's like you only have yourself to bounce these things off of you know what i'm saying like not to say that anybody's right or wrong but it's like it it's a little more comforting and a little more I guess easy on the conscious to to have different opinions, mm-hmm. even if they're not exactly ours. Right. But to be able to talk things out with people, because when we internalize all of these things, mm-hmm. it really does. You know, we all go through it at certain points in our lives. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, but that's really hard to just internalize it and try and work through it alone. It was really I, my brain was just exploding. I'm like, yeah. I don't understand what was going on and my peers I think I had said this to you Joe before like it was really hard to get empathy from my peers or to even talk because it would read I guess at that age is more competitive yeah it would read like I was bragging like oh you just hanging out with this director and that director and this artist and that artist and it's seen as this glamorous experience i'm like no this is just my y'all this is just my job and i'm having a hard time yeah, even if you're complaining about it it's and, like it, and you're talking about this kind of in other people's heads this fantasy kind of like oh boo-hoo for you you get to yeah, hang out in music videos exactly. all day with huge stars oh life so hard like shit but it's it just really was, hard to just go like yo i'm lost as fuck yeah right now. can somebody yeah. talk to me it was just I just did not, again, there was no audience. Yeah. Just no audience. I'm like, damn, I don't understand Yeah, how to process this. And so here I am again trying to find my way. And I'm like, I'm becoming. Shout out to the sirens. Yeah. Shout out to the sirens. Um, I'm becoming increasingly like this contented or disenchanted what's the word mm-hmm. discontent yeah Disen- both yeah both, yeah, all of them. <laughs> both. i mean one. this is this is a an avenue that you you love and want to get into yeah and you see for, you see it for what it really is it's like meeting your hero you know when they say like never meet your heroes because okay. they're gonna be like you know you'll be disappointed but you you're in this mm-hmm. and you're like oh it's just the world really malik was always he's great no, but sure, just, yeah, 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 but it's like the the system itself and and my personality and mm-hmm. being socially underdeveloped, I just was no match for the beast. Yeah, yeah. and and that in music videos in that time, I was, was no the beast. match, yeah. no match for Ooh. it. I did not have the social skills, yeah. the confidence <clears throat> at all, and so one day. Malik was unavailable and he had something to do. I started writing his treatments by accident, like just submitting them first behind his back. Like, I'm going to just send this in. Cause he not the, pro- the production company would be like, where is, where's the deadline? I was liaising, 
liaising between him and his production company. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to write it. Because he didn't like the process that much at that time. Yeah. Um, like, I'll, I'll just do it. And he started booking jobs. <laughs> and first he thought it was on the strength of his reel. I'm like, no, I'm writing shit. And like the first it's treatment me. I wrote, he's like, "Oh no, you're not a good, you nah. He didn't think I was a good writer, oh. and I and I wasn't. Yeah, I became a good writer. Yeah, from writing all the time. And so I'm just like, "Yo, something has to give. Something needs to change." Was he upset at you for doing that? Because um, imagine going in the artist like, "Yeah, let's do that treatment." They're like, "All right." So well, like, the production company would be like, "No, we got the treatment. Got Nia you. sent us the." Got you. He's like. They're telling me that you sent, you know. <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, what? I just, I did some of that. <laughs> and so I needed a change and I couldn't, I was looking for jobs. Yeah. And it felt like this moment where it's like, you're not going to get another job that's going to make you happy. You need to just jump off the cliff mm. and hopefully your wings will be built before you hit the ground. Oof. And so I quit. I had no job lined up. I had just put my roommate out and was in a two bedroom. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just, hmm. yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm gonna call every single production company there is and send some samples and do the cocky letter email yeah. again and see what happens. And, a director bit. Now, before we get into that, I yeah. want to just talk about that moment where you jumped. Uh-huh. Because we've had a lot of mixed kind of things on this podcast of those moments. Yeah. Some people have gone for the jump. Mm-hmm. Other have been, look, do both. Find if you're not happy, but it's paying your bills. Like, keep your yeah. bills paid and do something on the side. So that equals up. Um, And it, it's not always like, Go for it because it sounds good to say. It's not always. Fuck it, I'm jumping. Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not. But it sounds good to say I quit my job. You have that Jerry Maguire moment. Yeah, and, I did. Yeah, and everyone thought it was stupid. But it, exactly. <laughs> so like, what are you doing? I mean, it could well, turn out to be that way. Or I didn't. Yeah. I was like, I might fall on, flat on my face. So for you, what was a uh, how were you almost not held back by fear? What, was it just like, it can't be worse than this, or you just needed a change, or what really was that deciding factor to say, you know what, I'm out? It was becoming debilitating, mm. and I was spending so much time in this other world that my world wasn't clear to me anymore, Ooh. and I just felt like going into the feeling place, if I fall flat on my face, so be it, but I need to find myself again mm-hmm. like just like the sexism was so intense and I just didn't f- see myself growing you know it was like I started writing treatments and I was taking on more responsibility but it's not like I was getting more respect from the production company or getting paid more like and it's like why am I doing all this to make somebody <coughs> else's dreams happen mm-hmm. yeah. like I'm facilitating something for someone. You got to pay those dues. But I think I had done that for maybe two years. Got it. And after a while, I was like, 
getting out of bed each day was I was getting really depressed. Mm -hmm. Like something has changed. I was asking, you know, my family and some people for advice. Everyone was like, you got to find a job. You got to, you know, do the logical thing. And so when I listened to my gut, my gut was like, just, no, you're not going to be able to receive with a closed hand. You have to open your hand, let this thing roll out in let something else pop in. And I didn't tell anyone because I just, I'm very spiritual. And so I really believe in energy and like, if you can't envision me in a space of like, everything's going to work out. If everyone's worried about me and consulting me in one way and I'm defying that, I didn't want to block whatever was coming my way, mm. whatever that potentially could be by sharing my plans prematurely. So I just did it and was like, holy crap, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah. And it just really started to crack really fast for work. Yeah. And that was, so when it started to crack, you know, you're just writing treatments. I'm writing treatments for a, a living. And at this point, but coming up with the concepts. So for a young person, you couldn't tell me shit. I'm like, I'm getting paid for my what's coming out of my imagination because directors started coming to me for my ideas. Mm. And remember I was saying I was always inspired by music and like when I would hear music, I would get an idea. So finally, those ideas had a place to go. Ooh, yeah. And it was like just that feeling place of, you know, the picture of me sat in the chair. I would see images and stuff. I'm like, okay, now those emotions can go somewhere. I'm not making the music, but I'm now in the feeling place and I can create pictures from this. So I was essentially doing creative direction, mm. but with no credit. So when I was young, I was like, yeah, this is dope. After a few years of doing that, I was like, all these directors are like blowing up. And I am still just the silent secret weapon in my apartment in Lumber Park. (laughs) Why why no credit though? It's like where? Where would you put my name? (laughs) The idea. No, yeah, no idea ideas by no directors <laughs> yeah. doing that. Cause I find that most directors are a little narcissistic, and so yeah. pretty much every director would say, "No, I don't use writers for that." No, no writer comes up with my ideas. Yeah, literally every single one. Well, writers have team of writers. Well, yeah. writers, most treatment writers just write. Traditionally, you have the director convey the idea to you, and you make it sound nice. That's it. Sometimes directors would be like, yeah, this is the track. Um, I'm still, I got a little bit of an idea. Let me work on it. And I'd say, well, you know, I could flesh it out and see what I can come up with. Nah, nah, I don't do, I don't work with writers like that. Mm. Every single, every single one. And then I would send like maybe four different ideas. And they'd be like, yo, wh- what? And then start getting addicted to me coming up with the concepts. Mm. And so I'm like, yo, the director's job as a music video director is to conceive the idea that yeah. you're going to shoot, you know? And so I just, I started writing for so many directors, like all at once. I mean, were, you, were you in a position where you could start commanding more money? Like, I did a little bit, but it was, um, 
you know, the budgets were what they were. It's not like money was super flowing. It started really slowing down yeah. quick. Like the golden age was like the 90s. Yeah. This is the 2000s now. For sure. Um, I was making all right money, especially to be that age yeah. and to be autonomous. And I had no example of like right now is is very common to see we have the term creative i'm a creative yeah like it was no word for yeah. it. i didn't know that what i was essentially doing was creative direction um and also i didn't know any i had not a single peer who was self-employed so I was learning as I went along with yeah. with no example of it. No, you no know, like business. There was no like business side of this that you could no, latch on to. No, I just I had to. It's like I got ideas. Here they are. Pay me. Done. Yeah, and I just had to like really be on top of it. Yeah. Was it something that kind of built up into just like uh, the where you started getting a distaste for it? Was it more so of like wait, I'm not getting acknowledged and compensated for this, or was it just like I just don't like this whole field anymore um i didn't dislike it because i really loved the creativity Mm -hmm. like writing became fun yeah um but i got to the point where i was being hired so much that i was writing more than i was living yeah you know absolutely and i was like i'm just waking up and starting to write at six in the morning to meet my east coast clients and going to bed at 2 a.m. writing until then to meet my again. West Coast night owls. You know what I mean? So it was like, I was just writing, 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 writing. Yeah. You know, my dreams would get confusing. I'm like, did I, did that happen? Or did I, it wow. was just like, so nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you put yourself through the gauntlet. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's like, it's, it's why it's, it's, I don't even know what the correct word is, but it's, it's incredible to, to, to kind of just see how consistently you put yourself under like immense energy requiring like creative needs and expressions. Mm-hmm. It's like you took the world, it, it literally is like, I, I, I just can sit back and just smile and I'm like, wow, like you literally were taking the, the weight of the world a- along your shoulders. I guess so. I mean, it was a lot of pressure. I didn't feel like I was taking the weight of the world on my shoulders because I was working from home for... Got it. I was my own boss. Yeah. And at the time, you couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'm yeah. not going into that office anymore. Like, a lot of the people that I was working with, they never even met me in person. It's wow. like I was a voice on the phone and an email address, you know, just going back and forth. So... It wasn't like I was, um, I mean, there was some days where I didn't even have to get dressed. I got to learn, (laughs) like, okay, working from home, I have to be super disciplined about walk outside today, like interact with another human being. There would be days where I would not see another human being. Wow. You know? Yeah. Which gets a little weird after a while. Absolutely. (laughs) It's like solitary confinement. I mean, that's a very writer, writery kind of experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was cute for a minute. Like Absolutely. Making money. I mean, it was a honeymoon period. It really was like, ooh, yeah, this is. I have so much freedom, but the turning point came when 
okay, I said I wasn't like living, right? Mm-hmm. And I started, oh, I talked to you about this before, Joe, where I, I was noticing that I was starting to get jealous of musicians. Yeah. Oof. I was like, what? Wow. I'm not really jealous. I don't get jealous often. Yeah. And I really appreciate jealousy because it's such a good teacher. Mm. Oh, I love that. Right? It's yeah. like a map. Yeah. It's like you actually want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Jealousy is just a map mm-hmm. to where you really want to be. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hating. Well, if you see it as a teacher, like you're obviously be like, whoa, you've arrived. <sighs> what are you here to, to show me? I love come it. stunt real quick. I love that Or it could just fester like, oh my God, I just fucking Well, it's, a, it's such an interesting <laughs> perspective because you're, you're kind of taught to be like, yo, don't be jealous, don't be jealous. Yeah. I was telling Nia, like, when uh, Stop Playing in New Kingdom, I could not go to concerts. Wow. Because... In my mind, it was supreme jealousy. Yeah. And, but also that competitiveness of like, oh, I'll, I'll fucking tear it up on the stage <laughs> if I was there. Like, oh, you know, like, like, you just like get like, oh, I, I'd kill it. Like, you just get, and like, you know, you, you get, it's like competitive mm-hmm. mixed with jealousy. And um, it's such a weird feeling. And also, kind of knowing like that you once were the shit. So you kind of have that edge. It's not like, I'm, one day I want to be a musician. It's like, no, at one point you could rock with the best of them or at least in your mind you could. So to see other people do it, you're like, mm. It sucked. It sucked. It really was hard. And I mean, that last year defeated me, so I didn't feel like I didn't end music on a high. Like, I'm killing it. No. I actually felt like this sucks. Yeah. I'm, I suck. Mm. But it was just so, I just noticed, like, I would get this little twinge of something's got to change. So usually when something, when I'm feeling like, okay, I'm not, I'm not flowing, I'm not feeling good. And life doesn't always feel good. But I, you know, you know your personal barometer. Mm. You know when it's a bad day and you know when it's like, okay, this is a bad period in my life Mm -hmm. and so when i hit those periods where i'm like okay i'm not really able to return to center that's when my strategy is to just do something very different Mm -hmm. so i moved to new york (laughs) (laughs) bye yeah i was like okay maybe i just need to change the scenery yeah and i mean also i mean being in la as big as a city it is as it is it's um it is a small world and growing up here you can feel very suffocated by it and mm-hmm. everything becomes so redundant mm-hmm. and LA doesn't it's not LA anymore it's like home work like grocery store and repeat and if you're stuck in that kind of like rinse and repeat process of something that you don't like yeah, sometimes the easiest thing is to get up and go somewhere else mm-hmm. and hit that reset button, mm-hmm. you know? But why New York? I had always wanted to live there. Um, a lot of the rap I listened to, the my gateway into jazz was hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And all of my favorite hip-hop was the ones that sampled jazz. So like Tribe and mm-hmm. De La, and I like you know, group home and Black Moon and Smith mm. and Wesson. So I was like, I wanna, I wanna go to Brooklyn specifically. 
and there's just a lot of history there. So I, I just packed up and moved. And I wanted to, I was thinking of going to college there, but that, right. <laughs> I just figured I needed to get it out of my system. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'll just go for a year. Did you know anyone in Brooklyn? I knew one, I knew a couple people. I didn't have, it's weird moving to a city without any like infrastructure, school or a job. Yeah. Um, but I did it anyway. Yeah. And New York's a, a, a beast of a city to move into, even Brooklyn. Yeah. Like it really is. Everything's harder in New York. Yeah, it is. From a, from a, when you're a California person, especially. Man. Like just going to Target. Oh my God. It's like, yo, how am I going to carry all this? Exactly. You don't realize like when this is a, a thing that happens, you move to New York. Yeah. You, you think you're just going to like live your life as you would here. So you go to the grocery, you go to the grocery store. I have this vivid in my mind. Went to the grocery store or Target or anywhere else. And you're like, yeah, I need this. And you have all your groceries. And then you realize how the fuck am I going to get home? Wow. Because I got to hop on the train with these four bags. Then I got to walk six blocks and then take this bus and then another 10 blocks. And it's like, that's fucking insane. And it's hot. When did you move? What what time of year? It was summer. And it's hot. Yeah, but that's better than when it's cold. Because come on, LA person was like, it's freezing. It's 60. It's freezing. Yeah. (laughs) We get get three days of rain. It's like a tsunami happening Uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's different. (laughs) It really is. The seasons of New York are brutal, though. It's real season. Yeah. It really is, yeah. I mean, I'm bougie. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. California same. bougie, though. Yo, you know what for I mean? real. I'm right we there had, with we you. We had winter in the Bay, though, but that was about it. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't anything here or there, but there right. was winter in the Bay. Not yeah. here. It was a shock. You lived in Brooklyn? That's where you I stayed. lived in Brooklyn, in Bed-Stuy. In Bed-Stuy. Mm-hmm. So what'd you, what'd you get into out there? So I was like, universe, I don't know what to do, but I feel like I need to explore music again. I don't know if it's going to be professionally, but I do want to figure something out. So I I kept writing, and within three days of living in New York, I got a job working for The Roots. Okay. And it was on tour with see, them. See, it was like quick. Yeah. So she can't. She but, yeah, but I want to talk to I wanna, I wanna talk to the energy guys yeah. here. I, I can't. Because it's like... This is one of those <laughs> that I'm looking at, like, you know, work hard, you know, right. just, I, I, just look, just think it and it will happen. Yo, sometimes that shit, it happens like that. Can you take us through then that thought? Manifest. And, and the, the manifestation of the manifesto. So we are all vibrational beings. Yes. <laughs> Holler at me. I'm currently vibrating like a motherfucker. We are always <laughs> vibrating. And you know, you're about to have me out myself as the hippie dippy well, person well, you've that already I outed me <laughs> like being a very firm energy believer like yeah. we're, we're just like dipping and diving and dancing <laughs> with it you know i'm doing the merengue of en- energy right now <laughs> 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 oh man with my two chubby left feet but anyways <laughs> no but so three days in yeah you're manifesting wanting to get back in music mm-hmm. um I just how, want to how, be around it, and how, I didn't know how. How did, that, how did that even come about? Because not only is New York great, <coughs> mm-hmm. bless you, cough you. Excuse me. I'm going to just do that in tandem from now on. If I do mean? it over there, it's okay. I'm yeah, coughing. Yeah, you could do it over here. It's fine. No, I don't want to cough on Yeah, but you still got your like elbow coverage. Yeah, you know a little what I mean? dab. Yeah, 
okay. throw it. Can you imagine? <laughs> 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 oh, man. So how'd that come about so quick? It was quick. Um, so I knew their manager. Their manager... Actually, I didn't know. The manager knew of me. We had mutual mm. acquaintances. Mm. And so they were like, they were looking for a tour assistant, like roadie, gopher, someone to buy the backwoods person. Yeah. And so they were like, yo, um, Nia would be really good for that. And I was just in touch with the manager, like, yo, would you be willing to go out with them. And I'm like, I don't have any experience. Yeah, when, when I heard Neil would be good with that, I was like, wait, who who thought that? You over here like magician with the... No, no. So our mutual... The, got you, Our got mutual you, got folks, you, you know? You. Because people knew that I was like hardworking. Yes. And yeah, my temperament yes. was really chill. I was yeah, young yeah. for the job. But I think my temperament, just being so professional... Absolutely. And resilient. Yeah. Of course I'll go grab your backwoods. So I just, you know, I had no experience, but they're like, let's just try it out. And I think they wanted to groom someone to do tour managing, and I knew I didn't want to do that. Because mm-hmm. I knew working with Malik that I didn't really enjoy production. I'm creative. I'm yeah. good at the organizational part, but mm. I really dislike it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I went out with them. For a month, and it was it was whatevs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just, but you made it. I made it. Yeah, I made it. They are they are a lot. There's a lot of guys, you yeah. know. And here I am, like bright California girl. <laughs> Good morning. They're just like grumpy, yeah. Philly dudes. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I just they let me go because. They wanted someone who was there to like be down to take over. Yeah. So they went out with this. It was some of it was me and this other chick. And yeah. I was like, nah, yeah. It was yeah. it was over basically. Yeah. So my story is about to get more annoying. <laughs> so I'm home and I'm like, yeah, this is not. That was cool. I was on tour. Yeah. But that can't be it. Like I still need to. I didn't really explore the music what's up you know so i get when that common is looking for an assistant and then i end up like i think i was home for maybe two weeks and now i'm on a roll with common by the way shout out to the wind yeah <laughs> like, yeah and her getting it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and the vibrations well you that- gotta th- you gotta <laughs> Keep in mind that at this point, I have been working in entertainment for a minute now. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, hustling. And you're, and you're seen as somebody that's very, like, in tune with themselves and creative. And had, I earned respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't like, I'm just at the club kicking it. Yeah, like, no, I was never kicking yeah. it. Yeah, you weren't around, but never. you got it done. Yeah, so, like, I had a reputation mm-hmm. for... I earned my reputation. Yeah. yeah. And it's wild because, like, when you think about it, especially looking at the game, whether it's then or now, so many people want to be down and best friends. That was right? never my way. Yeah. You don't say stop that. But that, you know what? That is a strategy. <laughs> absolutely. No, ex- absolutely. But I know people when, who make jobs out of being yeah, a but, friend. Yeah, but when you, but when Yo. you really think about it, the ones that really want to 
Bless coffee. <laughs> um, that's become a word, folks. Uh, the ones that really, you know, are with are with a group or an artist that is on the path to really ascend. It's like it's business, though. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like being a friend is fun until it's like, yo, what happened? Be like, I need, this is my career now. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Um, and also, you were very, you know. At the end of the day, you're very put together and you do it well. So naturally, um, there will be a, a reputation and also like a reputation of excellence in in your craft and also just being stern and about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got to keep in mind, too, that I'm paying dues all over again. Yeah. Because with music, I had not played piano for years mm. at this point. Did you ever go just like buy a keyboard and just start no, like... No, Malik actually, just from me being around him a lot and talking about music, he's like, yo, you're really like... Did you used to play? Or yeah. he could see that my love of music was unusual. Yeah. So I'm not used to seeing... You know, he's around these video girls. So he's like, I'm not used to girls yeah. talking about... Like we would just have these really great conversations about yeah. music and sharing yeah. music. And so when I got into my story with him, he thought it was so tragic that I didn't play anymore. And one day, he bought me a piano for my birthday. Oh, that's incredible. He's like, are you going to be home on this day? I'm like, yeah, just make sure you don't leave because I need to send something to your house. And I see movers moving a upright piano oh, up wow. my stairs in my crappy first apartment. <laughs> oh, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I still have the piano. It's like, I mean, of course, it's still... A, so even before the New York, were you? Did you I start just, playing it? I tried. I just I would sit there and like tingle Damn, on so it, and I would just draw. I started just drawing on it, wow. doodling on it. So your it. ex sent you flowers, and your ex being the piano, and you just looking at it like, look, you could be in I the just room. Drew on the pedals. <laughs> you could be in the room. <laughs> I just couldn't. I was really, really trying. Yeah. And I just, it was deep, y'all. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. So deep. I just could not yeah. do it. But then it came again where you were like, you know what? I need to explore doing I'm like, this. Okay, maybe I'll, you know, and I, I tried for like a couple years, like mm-hmm. just tinkling on it, trying to write. I just could not find the language. And at this point, it wasn't the innocence of youth where you're just playing and you have no no expectation and nothing to compare it to. Now I know what it used to feel like, the Mm. familiarity in my hands, but not being able to execute because I haven't been playing. And just, it was, oh, I was so defeated. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. So now you're working with Common. Working with Common. As his assistant. As his assistant. So I went from like, Working as a writer, doing all, like, just feeling like such a boss, even though I'm not getting credit for shit. Yeah. Older me is like, you weren't a boss, but young me is like, I'm out here killing yeah, it. Yeah, no, you're, you a fa- you're a phantom <laughs> bossing up, straight up. Right. You know, paying my rent. Yeah. Like, just, here's two months, here's three months. Yeah. Like, living below my means, saving my money. Yeah. Just, like, really feeling good. And so I wanted a change, and I'm like, if I want to change, I'm going to have to pay dues all over again. Crap. Mm. So, you know, be, buying backwoods for the roots and now taking commons close to the cleaners and buying his food and making his tea, like, menial shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
he's a lovely person and made it easy. Yeah. Um, but again, like Malik, I feel like along my path, I was sent with these creative angels. You know, <laughs> Malik being one of them, who's mm-hmm. like a brother. Common being another, who's like, again, like a brother to this day, or like my family. Mm-hmm. And I feel really fortunate to have been able to work with people who I'm fans of yeah. and who I really respect, who gently steered me back on the path to music. Mm. And so Common is the first one to hand me the mic. Oh, wow. And you're not a singer. And I am not a singer. I wow. repeat, I am not a singer. I, You know what? Let me take that back. I taught myself to sing in the car because yeah. L.A. is huge. And I had a shitty car with no radio. It kept getting stolen. Yeah. So I passed the time by singing mm. in the car. Got it. And would just sing the same songs so over that, and over. Would, would that be considered like me still this day uh-huh. singing my ass off in the shower? No. Was, was that the type of talk? Okay. <laughs> no. If you were doing this, if you were like. <laughs> no, listen. If you're like trying to sound like. I'm going to keep hitting the same note Perfect. until yeah, it no. sounds yeah. like that. My notes that. are on fuckeracious levels. <laughs> it's not really yeah, there's no way. That's what I was doing. Got it. Like, I'm going to just. So that was that musician in you, but like. You just trying to. Yeah. Because there was nothing to else that. to do. Yeah. When you're just driving in a car with no radio. I respect that. Sing your ass off, girl. <laughs> but it's so interesting that. Take us through that moment with the mic because it's not like, hey, here's the keys. No. And I would have freaked out. Mm. Okay, so Common and I... I love this. <laughs> I love your story. It's, it's incredible. It's so weird, isn't it? I lo- no, it's I love... Like all I mean, look, over I don't look at like a, I don't look at a rocky frog and be like, <laughs> you're weird, but I love you. <laughs> this is a beautiful story. It's just like such a zigzag. If, if, if there's any word for it, it's unique, but that just goes to show that we're all individuals. Yes, so like, it's, it's true. fucking gorgeous. That's what it is to me. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Um... But back to the back to the mic. All I need is one mic. But back to <laughs> the one mic, one mic. <laughs> <laughs> Threw in my own ad lib out of nowhere. <laughs> Who the fuck am I right now? Um, no, but go ahead. Forgive so, me. So, common. Um, we used to sing before shows because we would get really silly together. Yeah. And he he's always like he gives one hundred and ten percent when he performs. It's really inspiring to see every night. I've seen him be food poisoned vomiting before stage and wow. still giving like 200 <laughs> percent the commitment is so strong it's incredible it's dope um and he'll be doing windmills and all kind of like just doing like just b-boy shit yeah. <laughs> like oh my god what are you doing um and so i'm like you don't warm your voice up he's like no it's like you have to warm up your voice because you can't be hoarse and like you gonna wreck your voice. I don't know a lot about the voice, but I know you need to at mm. least do that. He's like, how do you warm it up? I'm like, I don't know. I guess we could just sing songs. So we would sing little songs together. Oh, wow. Just for fun. Yeah. He'd be like, me, you know this song? He would just sing like an Omar song or like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Yo. just like random. So I'm like, what are... Uh, voices with the lower register because you know Common's tone is like that deep raspy mm-hmm. so that's how we ended up singing Omar and I mean, we didn't do like Barry White or anything <laughs> but, <laughs> not like, that you know, no not that low but 
that's how I guess that's how he heard my voice for the first time. But I never thought that I could sing. I just knew I could hold a note mm. because you have to understand I'm coming from like the indoctrinated jazz mind mm-hmm. where if you're not killing the best of them, then you're not good. So to me, it's just when I see kids who are like who are really average and they got the confidence of Kanye. It really blows my mind because yeah. <laughs> I did not have that. Yeah. You know, at all. I'm like, yeah. yo, if you are not fucking herbie on the piano yeah. you are nobody like it just <laughs> and that's not but that, that's a, that's kind of like that jazz that's, that jazz mentality you're like yeah it's a different breed of, of it's person. different especially yeah. when you're young and like yeah. so i exited that before i was able to mature my mentality yeah so one day his song goes out on his song the light the the sound goes out and he the dj will play the break was this Bobby Caldwell sample mm-hmm. of the light, uh, or the song's called "Open Your Eyes," and so you can recognize the song, but it's all about the hood. And so I'm on the side of the stage <coughs> on my phone, and Common just calls me to the stage <laughs> to sing the to sing the break. Oh wow! And I had just prayed. God, show me a sign. I know I'm supposed to be doing music. I don't know if I'm in the right. Like, what am I going to do? I don't play anymore. I'm not good enough to play professionally. Like, what do I do? And you're called on stage. Oh. Yo, and this is during the show. Just be careful when you're like, give me a sign. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> that's a big sign. Yeah. And so I was so terrified and so shy and I had never sang and this was like in, in public. And this was like in show. Yeah, was that um you heard a bumper shoot festival? It's a oh, big yes. festival. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Hold this on. this, this, this is in the, the Trocadero yeah. in Philly. We're talking about like yeah. <laughs> the Nia, come here real quick. He's like, I'ma call out my assistant, Nia Andrews. Oh, oh wow. Oh my God. So it just felt so now or never Uh-oh. that I went out there and sang it sounding like total shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, was that to you or? No, I did not sound good. Like, come on. This is not. It wasn't. But it's not a movie. It. It's but you life. did it. Yeah. I did it. The yeah. moment is that I did it. And so he started calling me out on the stage for all the encores. Oh, And wow. the way he would say it was so fast. I'm going to call him out. This is Nia Andrew. So people always thought he was saying my sister. So they're like, oh, wow. it's his little sister. He's, oh, how you know? cute. Yeah, because I'm not like I'm not killing it. <laughs> it just was so. What what made him keep doing that? Did you guys talk about that? Well, we were in Japan. I think this is how it started. He, we went to Japan and Japan is like very they're very open and loving <laughs> and they just they just love you. Yeah. And so he was just wilding out, just doing the shows were getting crazier and crazier. Like at one point he took his shoes off, threw them into the audience and slid across the stage. I'm like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) They're just so accepting. They're eating it up, you know? So at this point he's like, okay, we're just fucking around. I'm going to call out my assistant. And one time he called the guy who did the monitors out to sing. I'm going to call out my sound guy, yeah, he just Barry. Thought, yeah, no, it was like that. He thought it was so funny. Yo. So it was just like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> no, no, come on. Yeah, he came out. He came out. It was so funny. Yeah, insane. 
<laughs> it was out of control. So it just felt like a joke at first. Yeah. But then he started getting used to it. Yeah. And calling me out every time. And that wasn't like by then I was sounding all right. Well, but did it did was you kind of do weird. one of the like, oh shit, he brought me out a couple of times. Now I'm going to be in my room like practicing. Or was did it just I like, or, or was it just like, I hope I don't get called again, but I know I'm going to. I mean, it was just so. I always have to stand on the side of the stage with this tea and like yeah. do my assistant duties. Yeah. So, like. But I mean, after the fifth, like. Yeah, by then I was like, okay, then I got Can you hold the tea real quick? Because I know I got to go out there and sing. Yeah. But it was just singing a song, two songs max. Got it. You know, and then I would go back to my. I didn't have like. I don't know. It was hard to be locked into now I'm a singer because yeah. I still had so much other work to do. Yeah. yeah. And but, your professionalism. But were you that building too. that yeah. like, momentum of confidence? Maybe. I because don't know. Because it doesn't sound like he was like, all right, look, Nia, you're my assistant, but during these shows, I'm going to need you to smash this right now. <laughs> that did happen a couple <laughs> times because like, at one time... I was like really nervous, and the DJ was like, "Yo, you gotta work on your entrance because you walking out like this. You're damn right, and you need to walk out like that." Uh. I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "What is this? Like, what are you doing?" You know, they yeah. like they were all like brothers. I love that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm like, okay. It was like this little girl. I'm always the youngest. Yeah. In all of these situations, like. Just the baby. Did you of start the crew. taking more, I guess, equity in the fact that you were going to be doing that? So you were like, you know what? Like, this is a sign. And let me just start exploring this avenue. Because yet, singing is still so foreign, right? Yeah. But like, were you, did, did there come a point where you're like, you know what? I wanted to do music. This is kind of like now or never, also. Like, I'm being brought out to perform in front of all these people. Like, shit, like, let's get a groove going. One would think. I was still in denial. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll be a songwriter. I was Uh, still trying to be behind the scenes. You know, I was still not used to being looked at. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll write songs again. I wrote songs when I was little and stopped doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my sisters found one of my tape recorders where I'm singing some lyrics and she found it. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my God, is this you? And she was cracking up and playing it for all her friends. Wow. And I was so embarrassed and I lied and said it was my my (laughs) childhood best friend. She's like, oh my gosh, she sounds so crazy. You know, I was like, (laughs) and I just never sang again. (laughs) Until, like, I did not, I'm like, I'm never singing again. (laughs) Wow. So I was really nervous about my voice. Yeah. You know? And just, Again, as a treatment writer, I was behind the behind the scenes. I was a ghost writer doing ghost creative direction. The first thing I would write would be the artist's name and then concept by somebody else's name. Mm. So it felt like I was giving all these babies away for adoption. You know, but you chose to do that. I chose to do that, but that's what made me go to New York. Cause I'm like, I need to do something else because this is not really feeling like it's in integrity anymore. I'm just not getting anywhere doing this. Yeah. First it was fine, but then like I kept writing while I was working for Common because doing assistant work it doesn't pay well. No, I mean, I don't know not. if it does now, but no. I was not I was not making good money. Yeah. And so I kept writing on the side. I wanted to transition out of it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I got to keep 
I was thankful that I was able to write sometimes. Yeah. I was getting called less because my schedule was so crazy. Yeah. Um, and then one day we're in Miami for the the MTV VMAs, and I told you this story. We're sitting at a table, and it's like a few celebrities and their friends and the celebrities' assistants way somewhere else. Yeah. And they're celebrating because one of those celebrities won a VMA for a concept I wrote. They had no idea that I wrote the idea because they're like, the director and the artist won. Oh, wow. That was her concept. And That's I'm like, insane. I wanted to vomit. And she's at the, the assistant table. Oh, wow. And I just. Like over there. <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like thinking, you have to have an integrity as a writer. Like, people aren't supposed to know my name. That's what I thought then. I thought that was normal. I didn't know I could just put my name on. Well, you know what? Even if Let I, me ask you this. If it, I put my name it, on, I, don't, I think they would have taken it off. It was a different culture then. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say? If they if they were to to read the name that they put on there, and you would put somebody else's name, what if they gave like Sally Stevenson credit? No, the director still directed the video. Got don't get it, me wrong. Got it. But without the idea, you're right. Because usually the director is seen as bringing the treatment to the table. No. Right. It's like without the idea, what are you directing? You're right. Yeah. And I mean, they would be following. I was very detailed. Yeah. References. And it would be like on the nose, play by play, a lot yeah. of the time. Like, I, I I completely feel what you're saying. Yo. at least you'd be a part of the. It's like one of those things where it's like even if there's a director, but there's like a squad that the director uses and works with, like mm-hmm. his creative team. Mm-hmm. It's still under that umbrella instead of just the director being like, "Well, yeah, we're, I'm here." It's it was so mm. hard. I mean, I at that point I was like, I can't. That's what a, am I doing? I went to the bathroom and just fell to my knees and cried. Wow! C- can you imagine? Yeah, no, I can't. But <laughs> well, like, not, all, like, like, like they don't know I'm, I'm alive. And imagine, like, you can't even be like, "Oh, that was my idea." To your assistant table, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, right? Uh huh. Yeah. It was like nuts. you can't say anything. You you literally can't even express it to anyone. And that wow. particular artist. Oh, I can't say, but I wrote more treatments or more concepts that were made for that artist at the time more than any other artist. Oh, wow. And there were certain similarities between us that was like what I still wasn't getting it. Like now in hindsight, again, hindsight is 2020 for sure. Mother. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, the universe is trying to show me like, do you see how you feel? You're supposed to be, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. And it still didn't make sense to me. Like that. I was, I was the artist, not the, the support person. Yeah. It just thought that my role was always the support person. Cause I was always in the background. Yeah. And no one was ever really listening to me unless it was behind closed doors and they can walk out and and present what we talked about as their own thing. Did that click for you that night or that that's a real hindsight? Like did even the like when you're crying in the bathroom. Mhm. And that crying is done. Yeah. <coughs> what what's going through your head? Is it 
I know it's not I should be the artist, but is I it, wasn't there. I wasn't anywhere near there yet. But was there anything like shit needs to change? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Crying on, on, on my knees in a public bathroom Mm-mm. at the spot is not cute. I call my sister like, and then she won, and I'm sitting <laughs> talking to, like, just, wow. you know, I had already taken some steps down the ladder as an assistant. Yeah. No shade to comment at all. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, it's like he didn't, he even said, you're not an assistant. You're yeah. going to quit. You're not an assistant. I need three months notice. Yeah. Cause I'm like, wait, what? He's like, you're not an assistant. You're gonna. He was so paranoid. You're gonna leave. Yeah. I, it was so stressful. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm gonna leave. This is too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, he really did right by me. He's like, I ended up being his creative director eventually. But oh, I was still wow. like, I just, I still didn't see it. I didn't see that I was an artist. I mean, it all makes sense now. Yeah. And most artists, I just imagine to be, I imagine them to be more extroverted and like, look at me. My video is yeah. going to be this and I'm a, and my brand is going to be, I didn't yeah. have any of that. I just was like, I love music. That's Absolutely. It. <laughs> so I tried to be a songwriter and it just didn't really I noticed that every time I stepped into the shoes of a singer, doors were open. Mm. When I tried to push songwriting, it was like swimming upstream all the time. Mm. So I think the aha moment, I knew there was something to my voice or I was able to develop confidence in my voice when I got my first job for real. Not like, okay, you're my assistant, you're here, here's the mic. But when I auditioned for something and got it. How old were you at that point? Oh, Old enough to know better, but young enough to keep trying anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take that because it's like it's it's one of those things where it's because even when I think about it, it's like you're so skilled and talented, and it's it it's almost as if it's a humongous foreshadowing of all it really took or is is going to take for yeah. that for that snap to happen is like just complete and total belief mm-hmm. and willingness on your part. Right. And, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like the beauty of, of just, I guess the resurgence or, or reignition of your creative wave and how it's, it's embodied and how it, it forms um, continuing is more of like understanding okay like well this element like you, you've been doing so many different levels of the creative process mm-hmm. and 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 function that it's like when you do eventually find your a path a place of comfort within that it's like all of those things kind of come together and culminate you know what I'm saying and it's and it's wild because you see these people that are taking these ideas, but they're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're looking at them like, you're doing it, I could do it better, but it's like, there's also a note just to say, even like, you know, sometimes I look at people and be like, how the fuck are you, I don't get this, right? But in any creative path, what we start to understand is like, 
you have to be absolutely nuts to believe that you can make it. You have to have so much courage. Yeah. Like, you have to literally, and sometimes it's like people will look at somebody and be like, wait, how do you, how do you even, like, function that way? But, like, to be able to believe, like, it's cute to say when you're, you're younger, like, and, or you're on the journey and you're really like, I'm going to be a star. But, like, the ones that actually make it, mm-hmm. there's so much, not only sacrifice, but there's so much that goes into that. It's like a relentless belief yeah, almost. the tenacity you have to yeah. have. Like, it, it's like, I feel like it's one of those beautiful things where it's like, we're flip like you're flipping yourself inside out when mm-hmm. that when that happens mm-hmm. because you're so inwardly tenacious mm-hmm. and outwardly in 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 that environment in the environment like kind of stemming back to just like childhood of always being tenacious and on the go but also being the little one mm-hmm. in in the sea of you know big fish or whatever mm-hmm. but it's, it's 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 really interesting to see like that development because you're constantly putting yourself in positions where your 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 craft is shining, but mm-hmm. you're also looking at the scope as time progresses and being like, wait, like, I want to do that, and I can do that. It's like the I can is coming out. Mm-hmm. When for for that audition, mm-hmm. what do you, it, it takes something to even get you to audition. Yeah, take us through that. Because um, like when you're look when you're about to audition, you're like, all right, I'm. I'm doing this. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you make that choice. I didn't have anything to lose, and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Now, were you still assisting Common? No, I no, wasn't so assisting him assisting anymore. Him. Um, I so moved I back to L.A. Oh, okay. So this is back in L.A. now. Back in L.A. I was in New York for a year. Okay. Had a baby. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay, that's when it started to kick up. The The, I don't know, I don't know. <coughs> had to it was urgency now because it's like i got a kid mm, and i don't have time to be what am i gonna do but i still somehow believe that i could keep figuring it out <laughs> i didn't think like okay now let me go get a nine to five and do the conventional yeah. thing i don't know why i didn't think that was necessary yeah. <laughs> um I was still doing creative work. I was still writing sometimes, not as much. Yeah. Um, at this point, I think I started consulting for Common. I just had little odd yeah. little creative was, they were shots. Keeping you going, keeping you yeah. going, keeping the flow. And I had yeah. a little baby, though. Yeah. I'm like, yo, okay, what am I going to do? So when I heard about this audition, I'm like, well, Again, my mind was in so many different places. I'm usually going a mile a minute and doing so many things at once that I'm not able, <coughs> bless you, Thank you, able to process how I'm feeling. And right. a lot of the times, my personality is set up in such a way where I guess I have delayed reactions to things. Mm. So I don't really understand how I feel about something till later. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that was actually... I like that, or that was not nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just like my yeah. assessment, I'm so present. My assessment comes sometimes way late. Yeah. So I just went in not knowing what to expect, which could be a good thing. I was for this audition though. I was pregnant. I hadn't had the baby yet. Wow. But I was like eight months pregnant. Oh. So I was wow. like big as a house. 
walking into this audition, right? And that that was the moment where I realized, holy shit, I have something. I'm working with something in, in my throat. My voice is like, I didn't know I could do any of these things. Mm, really? Yeah, because the way it was, was I had to repeat every run she did. And so... I was like, holy crap. Did you crap. know what you were getting into? I had no idea. I didn't know what it was. I had never even been on an aud- a background singer audition before. Hmm. And again, it's still the background. Like, I'm yeah. itching my way. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know that I could do any of those things because I hadn't tried those things before. And so she asked me, when I was having the baby, I told her, and and then after I had the baby, she hired me. I'm not gonna say she waited for me, but she did not forget about me. Yeah, like I had him, and like when it was okay to tour, she hired me for two tours. Now, who was this? Lauren Hill. Oh, okay. Wow. So we're talking about Lauren Hill. <sighs> like the standard is already like you the see one and only though. Like you see where like the ceiling is and yeah. then like explode through that and keep going for like 500 more miles yeah. and there it is. You know what mm-hmm. I love though bro it's like the head wrap and the and the little one. <laughs> like these are two pivotal times where you're walking yeah. something you have no idea what it is. Yeah. And it's like I'm not discrediting your singing at all because you found your voice then also but it's like how endearing is it that this little tiny woman comes in no like as a house as you say mm-hmm. right like and your entire your, body your baby. voice <laughs> your voice is taking it there and then after the child comes it's like even correspondent of like okay look yeah. like when your baby's i'd like to bring you back yeah that's that's a beautiful scenario for the, me. just like thought of like these moments where it's like there are so many things that you get into and have an idea or not, and then those moments that you really didn't know are like very pivotal moments. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like a little bit of freedom, if you will. Yeah, there is yeah. a lot of freedom when you don't when you don't litter your experience with expectation. Mm. It's just like I don't know. I'm just gonna throw these balls in the air. And, yeah, and just having the the gall to try. Yeah, because I just kept trying things. That's huge. Absolutely, and like. That's a humongous Dude. thing, though, bro. Yeah. Like, it's like, I, I couldn't even stress it enough. Well, imagine how paralyzing it must be to, like, for so many, like, the pressure when you're going in for an audition of that stature. Mm-hmm. That 99% of people would go in with, like, oh, shit. This yeah. Is, this is, we're playing in a different league here. Mm-hmm. And for you to go in there pregnant eight months down the line. Yeah. And saying like well not really having those expectations or that nothing to lose mentality is where you can really flourish in this yeah. in, in, in because this you're a background singer all day you're gonna be on the road yeah, yeah. you have a baby right yeah. and i was still and like you know well okay i'll just i'm still gonna try like <laughs> that's so, crazy so a lot of the things, the things that that's supposed nuts. to be logical like it just yeah. didn't occur like i know it doesn't make sense yeah. but the opportunity is presenting itself now and if i don't try now i don't know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. and so if i could say anything to that it's like i'm so grateful that i didn't overthink a lot of these things because that's that's what allowed 
some of these opportunities to even present themselves. Absolutely. Because sometimes I think people get opportunities that they may overlook because it's not packaged. It's it's not packaged in a way that sounds ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's not until you go through with it or like just take that leap where you're like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. You know? Or defeat yourself before. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to have this baby and go on tour. Yeah. Like, my, might as well yeah. not even do it. Right. And, it's I mean, and I'm not really a singer. Like, I don't know yeah. what I was like, thinking. Just I was just like, like defeat okay. yourself before even walking in. But it's crazy <laughs> because both <laughs> indecision and decision affect our lives. Yeah, it's, it's so, like so, so real. Like, so people thinking Very about, true. like, I'm so scared of failure. Like, that paralyzed nature is stopping you from so many different things. Yeah. And also, gung ho this sounded like a bad Gung-ho-ness. one. gung ho this that, sound, that literally sounded like an urban James Bond fucking yeah. character. I was with you, though. My name is Gung-Ho-edness. <laughs> no, but that, like, choices and non-choices all affect, like, everything, and even to the energy, is affecting us. Yeah. Right? So it's like, that level of freedom that you had in that instance, like, pushed you forward. Or even that level of like, if you want to even consider it aloofness, yeah, to that to that fact. Because I'm like sitting here, be like, oh, word, like, Lauren called you back. That's incredible. And and then you went back on, and I'm like, wait, but you're a wait a background singer like on the road, yeah, and just gave birth to a, a little one. I'm like, how, I how was that? It was hard. It was. It was hard. I mean, because okay. that's human. It's like even Absolutely. even you want to be back in the music, and this is your shot, and you're getting it, and you're not even looking at it like this is my one shot. I need. You're just like, oh, I got it, and like, oh, I'm like, I guess hey there, little one. I was like, let me figure it out as I go along. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, he was small enough where, like, my mom was like, I'll take him. And, and my sisters are all here. Yeah. And so I had that support. And this is like low-key that full circle of like the family coming back. Yeah, it was great. I mean, when it comes to the kids, like five of us, my sisters and I, five of us were pregnant the same year. Wow. And so I was the fifth one, right? <sighs> that, that was not. I Wait, mean, you're the fifth one that whoa. got pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, so the then, energy was like, and the fucking vibrations <laughs> are very fucking real over here. Very, very real. In the Andrews family, the vibrations <laughs> and the energy, like everything about just the being of the scenario yeah. is lit. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was funny. I feel it was like, that. It was like, just I can like only a joke imagine. Because you know, in our family, if someone calls and says, guess what? It's like, who's pregnant? Yeah, yeah, wild. So that's all you have to say to like say that you're ha- having a baby. I just called yeah. one sister. Guess what? You pregnant? Yeah. And then we were like, call such and such on three-way. And then call such we're all like, all of us are on wow. a massive like wow. party line call. Oh, my God. I was God. like, can somebody that. tell daddy? I was so scared to tell him. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, they pulled up and like kept my little baby and I was gone for I went on one tour for two weeks 
came back and then was gone for six weeks. Wow. It was really hard. I mean, well, I just tried to Skype him as much as I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he was an infant, though. Yeah, I was still. Yeah, but well, so you can hear my voice. Yeah, it's a, it's in a, it's the maternal instinct. At yeah. The end of the day. What was that experience like? Because again, I feel like, and forgive me for all these references, but this is just like how I see them as uh-huh. I'm being told. Is like I feel like this is literally that jazz band in high school, but sans your dad being at the top of it. You got like Lauren Hill yeah. being at the top. But what was that experience like? Because you found things that you didn't know you had in you. For but sure. But then you're also working for a seasoned veteran and and, and like like a, a goddess in this. Her in voice this is creative and music crazy. game. A goddess, yeah. a goddess, yeah. literally yeah. like top. A goddess in this creative game, regardless of anything, but that also comes with like demanding, right? A demanding of of you guys, and it's also like one of those things where you're learning about you're you're at the beck and call of an artist. How was that for you? Because it's still you got it. It's exciting, but it it, it still seemed was it daunting? It was. Because I was learning on the job. I yeah. Mean, it's, it, at this point, it's really heavy lifting. And those singers have been singing their whole lives in yeah. church. And here I am, like, I just sang a couple encores with a rapper <laughs> for yeah. a few months. That's like Common's yeah. little sister. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ladies and my sister. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> like you and Barry, the like, sound guy. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so hard because... I was learning about my new instrument, my uh-huh. voice on the job, and it was pretty high stress and high stakes. I, I don't job. think I don't think you would be able to be like, all right, so y'all, like, I'm kind of new at this. I did say that, okay, and you know, they weren't very friendly about it. Yeah, because it's like, why are you here? Why do you, you know a lot of a lot of people? I'm finding <laughs> get that pocket. It's like. Just because a person manages to smile and has grace, that's always been my style. That does not mean that I did not like arrive here through blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because my style is not to conversationally complain mm-hmm. my way here doesn't mean that I don't deserve to yeah. be here. And sometimes... um. Sometimes it's just really easy for people to take away from others and question, oh, like, absolutely. why you? Absolutely. Why do you deserve to be here? Yeah. And so <coughs> I don't know if it worked to my advantage to say this is the first thing I ever auditioned for and I got yeah. the job because technically I had so much to learn. Yeah. You know, what got me hired was that my ears – well, obviously my voice, but I have really sharp ears. Yeah, so you're re- just... So to be able to... She would tweak things, tweak her runs very subtly, and I caught every tweak. Mm. And so... So it's kind of comforting for her to be like, okay... Like, she's like, oh, her ears are crazy. And that's something that even when my ability wasn't there, yeah, I always knew that my ears were crazy. Mm. I have really, really sensitive ears. And so... But my voice was young. It's like working out. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, we're all doing heavy lifting and you just got these little dumbbells. Like, what? You know, they're probably mm-hmm. looking at it like that, you know? And I was not singing from the correct place. And just all of the the technique that you develop from singing all the time, like, we were doing a, I think the set each night was about two hours. Yeah. To this day, that's the hardest that's job wild. I've ever had. Oh my God. Yeah, I can You know, imagine. and that was my first real job. Wow. So it was just like, <laughs> here's the deep end, now swim. <laughs> Yo, yeah, seriously. It's, it's low key like, but first jump off the high dive and then <laughs> into like, the deep end. Manage yeah. your ass to and swim then, you know, quick, those so. synchronized swimming techniques that you're supposed to do with the other swimmers? That's how I felt with the singers. Yeah. Like, you guys need to be one voice, one, you know, I mean, it's a professional environment. Yeah. When I'm taking on, this is what most people learn in school. Absolutely. Or in the church. And sometimes just church having, singers are not, the, they not always yeah. the nicest. Or, or it's just having done it a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Lord. No, they were all church singers. Yeah. And then there's me. You know, and then also like, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but my offering, my... Um, way of expressing my blackness was always alternative and so I'm like I'm soulful but it was alternative so it was like this is not the kind of blackness we know so that's not can you take me uh, through that so for example like they were all similar kinds of gospel singers Mm -hmm. I was listening to a lot of different types of music so my approach sonically and stylistically was more it was soulful, but it was alternative. It. it wasn't like, I'm not doing, I'm not listening to Kim Burrell studying all of her runs mm. and then trying to be a clone of her. Yeah. Most of the people that I listened to learning and teaching myself to sing were all male soul singers. Mm. So it was all about slowing my vibrato down and like tweaking my register and really um, nuanced ways of playing with my tone. Mm. And so... That's like, I just didn't understand it, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's a whole other cultural conversation, but it was hard. I was so grateful the whole time I was there because it was beyond a shadow of a doubt. I got here on my merit. Yeah. I yeah. had to try out like everybody else. Absolutely. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't I like knew such and in, such yeah. and I, now I'm here. Yeah, you you know? were one of the herd like in, yeah. in, in audition setting. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like nobody's like, by the way, that's, that's Jim Roberts' person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, they don't have that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, a, it's a, it's like casting call. It's like, okay, no. we don't care who you've come in by or who you, who you are. If you don't do the part, like you're not getting this gig. That's why I, you were asking before, did I feel, you know, like, oh, this is happening when I was singing with Common. And I didn't ever feel like that because I just accidentally started singing with yeah. him, you yeah. know? So this was a, a definitive turning point. Would you, would you say, though, that it, moments like those did have an effect on this moment culminating into the yeah, moment. It was all, they were all nudges yeah. forward. Yeah. Because, you know, my angels, they're not going to be like, okay, she's nervous. She's shy. Yeah. She having anxiety. She's not used to using her own voice. We gonna have to give her baby steps. We just push her one And they low-key wouldn't have, wouldn't have had time for that. 
Huh? So they wouldn't have had time for that. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it was. Like, all of these experiences, though, is a winding path. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just, no, I'm saying at that moment, had you not kind of gone through oh, those yes, and yes. been the assistant. That I see what you're saying. Right, time, right, right. Yes. It would have been like, all right, well, cool. Um, yeah. Cause exactly. Because it, it, even, it's like at the end of the like you said, it's like working out. You could be the most have the the genetics to be the most physically fit and most gifted athletic uh body but unless you work it out you you may just be like not you just may not have the propensity to get fat but you're just a normal person mm-hmm. right yeah and when it's time to rise up you're not going to be winning a crossfit competition out of nowhere you know right, what I'm right, saying? right. Yeah. no it's true but that's the beauty that's the beauty of those like and even just to hear up until this point where this audition is, and it's kind of like, because I'd have to feel like that is a liberating experience. It was. It was so strange for me. It just felt like I was being introduced to a whole other part of myself mm. that I didn't know was there. That's amazing. And it's just like, it, it's been, it's like on some like Michelangelo vibes for me because it's like you're slowly just like painting. Mm-hmm. and painting and it's like not making sense but like you also like know what you're thinking of and then it's just like culminating in a point where it's like holy shit mm-hmm. as you're on tour and and even ending that was your mind in the space of okay now it's time to be an artist were you there yet it took me a minute to get there i was yeah. i was background singing i did a couple more jobs i sang with janelle monet thing with Khalees and again it was like more which are (laughs) very big hitters too yeah it was it was it was cool just getting used to using my voice being on the stage again it was an inch inching forward Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day no one's looking at the background singers really but it was interesting too also like with Lauren Hill there were four singers with Janelle was two singers Mm -hmm. With Khalees, it was one singer. Oh, wow. Background singer. So it was like, I just thought about that, actually. Wow. It was did just, it come in that order? Yeah. And just then, the inching oh, of like. Four to one. And then there was one. And then yeah, there was I never one. thought about that till now. Wow. It took a minute. I could dig it. And then that there rhyme. was one. <laughs> 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 The vibrations. I, I literally was just like, yes, it did. <laughs> that absolutely did just rhyme. <laughs> yeah. So weird. It was, man. What was the first, like, take us through that first moment diving into now, like, you and your artistry of going from background singer to because the way I imagine it, and I could be completely wrong, is sitting at a keyboard, mm-hmm. but in a way where you're not just playing, but do you sit down and just start singing and creating or song? Like, what now is. Now I do. But the first moment, the transition from being a backup singer uh-huh. what was to. That switch? Yeah, getting into like, all right, now I'm going to tr- really try this. Because always it's been like dabbling or mm-hmm. maybe I'm the songwriter, but now becoming the artist like for real taking that step mm-hmm. into like crossing that line yeah what was it's that a like? big it's different background singing and 
It's being almost in, like it's, session musicians, right? It's Back so different. It's kind of like how you were saying, Joe, that <coughs> some people are, they can express a composition. Some people can write yeah. a composition. That's how I felt like. As a background singer, I was a person expressing. But as an artist, I'm like, this is me. It's so yeah. Yeah. different. It's way different. It is. I mean, I was writing to beats. I wasn't playing or I was writing to other producers' beats for mm. a while. And I was still trying to push songwriting. And I I met this one songwriter. Her name's Andrea Romanda. And I was just like, can I just pick your brain? Like, I'm an up-and-coming songwriter, and I just want to know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> the pick your yeah. brain is the ultimate. Like, I hate pick your brain. I hate like, when people say that to me. Yeah, that's like, what I was definitely doing. <laughs> like, I just want to get some tools of the trade on how. Wow, you went there. Yeah. just it, it was like, I was looking at it like, I just want to have a conversation with you to steer me in the right direction. Yeah. The songwriting thing is like, it's hard. And so she's, she was so gracious. Mm. She's like, you know what? I mean, why don't you just come to the studio with my my um, boyfriend and I? We write together all the time, and you can just try to write a song with us. I was like, okay. That's, That's hella, awesome. hella generous. Wow. Yeah. She's so kind. That's so incredible. I went in the studio with her and her man. And he plays piano and guitar and bass and is just a freaking genius. He yeah. just plays everything and doesn't even know how amazing he... I'm <laughs> like, did you just play? Do you, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Anyway, his name is Darren Johnson. And so we started... Shout out to Darren Johnson. Yeah. Yo, he's ill. He was like the last piano player in Miles Davis's band. Oh. And he was like a, like a kid <laughs> playing with Miles Davis. <laughs> oh. Yeah, his story's nuts. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is your boyfriend, that guy, great. So I come <laughs> and sit with them, and she's like, yeah, we're pitching something for I think like X Factor UK because she's English, and so we write a song, we we talk, process stuff. And she's like, yeah, let's try to write a song about that. I think I was talking to her about motherhood and how hard that was, and. I had become a single mother suddenly and my whole world had changed and it was just very challenging. Mm. And she's like, but I would do it all again just the way that it happened. She's like, that's a song. So we wrote a song called I Do It All Again. And as we're writing the lyrics and each time I sing the hook, she's like, I keep getting goose pimples. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that from now on. Like goose pimples. I'm like, goosebumps? And so, and like, we were all getting chills. I've definitely seen Joe have goose pimples. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very, very pronounced goose pimples, <laughs> mind you. <laughs> but yeah, that was, um, I kept welling up. And at the time, I wasn't much of a crier. Like, mm. anytime I cried would be like extreme stress. Yeah. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm going to cry? Wow. And so we finished the song super fast and our synergy was just really amazing and they're like do you want to just keep writing it's like yeah wow and it was my first experience writing from scratch not to beats so i could sing something and then darren could just play it and it was like we were finishing each other's sentences in the writer's room and before you knew it that those songs um some of those songs ended up becoming my first ep 
That's oh, incredible. Wow. And I was just like, maybe it's like, no, these are my songs, you know? Mm. And so they writing Ooh. with them helped me to see myself as an artist. Cause the music I was writing was so personal. Yeah. And yeah, that, that is what kicked off my artist path. That's incredible. <laughs> and it's also incredible that like even her bringing you in, that allowed, was nuts. You know, it was even more nuts. You guys writing songs and these songs being, we, we all know these songs being brilliant. Right. And instead of it being like, OK, well, we're going to go pitch it to X, Y, Z. This is a collaborative process that, mm. that you're like, well, whoa, let me bring these in. Yeah, it felt really good. It's the time. It's a beautiful timing and, and, and yes. beautiful. Again, beautiful surroundings that you're in. Yeah. Because it's like one person different in that equation that could have become a business thing, right? And I have met a lot of those. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, a lot the, of that's those. just the nature. <laughs> yeah. Those are the stories I have not shared. Yeah. Nice. That's what it is. Though. No, but it's like yeah. some people get jaded. Other people are this, that, and the other. Like some people have gotten, you know, fucked on a thing or two and it's like, yeah. well, look, like I did the, the this and then and it, it, it's crazy because like this industry is very like dark in, it's in, in the shadows right i mean i've just i've definitely i don't like telling those stories too much sometimes it's necessary when it's contextual but i've definitely like had my back pushed up against yeah. the wall trying to avoid a producer's tongue down my throat or been <sighs> blackballed from coming to studio because i'm not having sex with somebody yeah. or just that yeah. you know, that's very real just, that, that so goes nuts. under the umbrella of Wake up, y'all! These things happen. They do. You know what I mean. And it, and it, and again, it kind of comes to one of those things: is are you gonna be a video vixen, even a male or a female? Like, are you gonna be in the elk of a video vixen where, you know, your commodity is not only your craft, but it's like your soiree into this world, or are you gonna be a commodity based on your craft and your skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing against either or one some of those people because at the end of the day, some of those people that went through that are superstars to this day, mm-hmm. right? But it also becomes one of those like, who are you as an individual? Yeah. And I think that like one of the beauties is, and especially in this kind of craft, is the ones that really like creators in general, whether they become you know worldwide global superstars where the world knows their songs or whether it's like a session musician that like builds a great life and goes out on the road and brings in a couple hundred grand a year and has his family but waking up playing music Mm -hmm. and love it whatever creative you know form or if it's just a songwriter that is is doing really well and it's one of those like working actors that you don't hear about but they're Mm -hmm. doing incredibly well Mm -hmm. a lot of the the songwriting and producing you're able to kind of be more in the background if you'd like to Mm -hmm. um and then artistry is very personal and you're you're giving yourself to your listenership and and the culture if you will right Mm -hmm. but it's beautiful to see that all along this way you're like finding you you're finding more and more about yourself out by being in the in these trenches and also just experiencing them it's beautiful because it's like it, it took so long for music to like speak to you, and it seems like this is one of those moments where it's like you started talking back again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
It feels good. It's like, oh, music, you do love me. Yeah. Man, you know? after a crazy road, though. Yeah, it was just, it was so patient with me. And I'm just happy to just be back in music's embrace again. Mm. And it's it's not the way I thought it would look. I'm not a piano player at Nordstrom's. Yeah. But. <laughs> and I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. Even if they gave you unlimited cafe <laughs> and discounts to the to the store and whatnot. How has how has that journey into like really being your own artist been? It's been interesting because I've I've come to it with like a whole lot of different skill sets at this point. Mm-hmm. So I do all my creative. Um I'm now at the point where I'm producing stuff but having the courage to sit at the piano again, that was like really major to come back to that. Wow. I'm sure you also had to let go of a lot of stuff too, just to sit back, like being that jazz musician standard thing and letting go of like- I had to hang that up. Hang that up, but putting on the you as a songwriter, as Mm -hmm. a just dope, musician, singer, artist, and embracing that. Yeah, um, I really credit meeting Maki, who's a producer that I met um, a few years, I guess three years ago now. I don't know when I met (coughs) Maki. Um, He's just really great with injecting everything he does musically with the spirit of play. And shout I out to Maki. He's so sick. If That's you, incredible. If you haven't like, heard I his music, his that. stuff is like, you can hear that in his music. Mm. It's full of um, beauty and, and whimsy and so romantic and beautiful. Um, but yeah, we started writing together and it was it was ill because it was at this point, like I'm a fan of his stuff and I didn't realize it, like the stuff that I liked that he had wrote and produced. I'm like, holy shit, that's that dude? Yeah. And he's been listening. He checked my stuff out and he's like, yo, you're ill with the pen. Will you write with me and help me with lyrics? I'm like, holy shit. Oh, you know? Wow. So it was just really, really great synergy between us. But like playing with him and jamming with him help unleash that it, I think it helped me unlearn the last remnants of that jazz mm. hang up because again I quit music before I could mature out of that mentality Yeah, right, right. so it was just it really held me down and so now I pick up instruments and I'm casually learning to play them just from playing around like literally yeah. playing like a child colors or plays with a new toy and giving myself the permission to just okay, let me see what this is gonna sound like. I'm in accidentally or not accidentally, but yeah. just very organically into writing it. songs that feel more me than ever because I'm doing everything myself. Um, it's been the most challenging part has been the performance part, but now, now I'm <coughs> enjoying that. But it was it took some time to get comfortable having people look at me mm-hmm. you know not being the backup singer is, yeah it yeah. must be a weird feeling to like because you also some, have to engage well yeah i mean look at you're, you're on like you've been on some of the biggest stages around the world but now it's like you just in front of like freaking a small, out on a tiny stage a, yeah. at a tiny stage like 
all eyes on you. It's really, I mean, I didn't know that I had stage fright until my first show as an artist. Oh, In rehearsal, wow. I was fine. I was like, okay, cool. We're about to kill it. Everybody have fun. And then Yo. I start singing and like my body is petrified. And wow. my mind is like, I feel fine, but my body feels scared. And How'd when you your body is that? scared, your voice just cannot. Mm-mm. It was so, it was, oh my God. <laughs> it was so crazy. Because I'm talking to myself the whole gig, like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're <laughs> Yo. fine. But singing. This is fake, this is fake, this is fake. I don't just, It was so insane. Oh, my God. Wow, I, can, I cannot even fathom that. It was so embarrassing because I knew what I could do, and I felt like I was limited in what I could deliver because my body was clenching yeah. up. Mm. So it took me some time to learn, to develop coping strategies for stage fright. Mm. I'm like this is some bullshit. It's another, another fucking hurdle. That yeah, I gotta. yeah. <laughs> like, and it came out of like the 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 just came out of nowhere. Going out like just walking on stage, sitting down. Like, it's like whoa. I open my mouth yeah. and I'm like, whoa, what is going on? But what I will say is that though it was hard, <laughs> I was so proud of myself for just fucking doing it. Yeah, for just being up there. Absolutely. I, I booked the show myself. I did everything myself. Incredible. And it, I knew, I knew what it took for me to even be standing there, Oof. and it was so surreal. I'm like, the space was packed. It was so much LA music community. I think it was a lot of curiosity. Like people had heard my name. They're like, what does she do? Mm. You know, it was like this was before Instagram. Yeah. Even like, I think when was that? I think it was like right before Instagram mm, or wow. whatever. And so. People would hear my name and they knew I was connected to certain people, but I'm not on LinkedIn. Like, you know, now there's a few interviews or whatever, but it's like, how does she know these people? Or how does she, she's performing? Okay, she's a singer. Let's go see what, what does she do? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, I think I just was like a big question mark for people. (laughs) Um, But it just, it felt really good to, allow myself to be seen and heard, like mm. to move from behind the behind the scenes to center stage where everyone's looking at and listening to me. It was so scary, yeah. but I was just really proud of myself. And I still am for having the courage to overcome so much. Absolutely. You know? And is it like, one of the most difficult things is the live performance aspect. You know what I'm saying? Like people, even people that have been like, you know, you took a huge break and mm. divorce from from your love of music, and then you came back with a fury. But like, we're taking these opportunities as they come. Even people that are ascending in their careers and have given like the ten years straight, just fifteen years in it. When they come start performing, like, it, it doesn't just come naturally. No. Like, you you grow, like, thinking of artists, like, even just, like, let's say a Drake or a Janae, I remember seeing them as they've kind of progressed, and it's like, you're always getting better. Yeah. Whether it's your own comfort levels and, and just ability as a performer, or whether it's even your voice 
and its ability to project in those environments and just in general. Because it's like when you want to get to a, a an, an area, a stage where you're just like Lauren's going on a show every you know, for these runs, common, all these people, it's like, are you warming up? Are you? It takes, a lot goes in other than just like being able to just sing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's one of those things where, it's one of those things where it's just like naturally when you're in the trenches and when you're doing something, it's okay to not be as good as you think you can be. Because... It will eventually, if you work at it long enough, become something that you're really good at. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's what stifles a lot of people from even starting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're expecting like greatness initially, yeah. and you have to give yourself the space, the room to play, and to just let it be what it is. It's Absolutely. like I use this analogy all the time. When you see a five-year-old coloring, you're not like. I really would have used yeah. a different shade of yellow. I would have used a different green. You're just like, oh, cool. And the yeah. five-year-old is ecstatic. Yeah. I made just the for the sheer act of making something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just, that's my approach. I think I, I treat my inner artist as like a little baby that just wants to make. And I don't know how that's going to come out sometimes, but... It's just fun to be making making shit. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. That's it. Like, I'm here to show up and create something. That's it. You don't have to like it. I like the shit. Like, that's my attitude. Yeah. You know? But it's beautiful that's, how time yeah. allowed you to have that freedom. I had to work to get there. That's yeah. why I was starting out saying, like, I had to let myself be lazy. I had to let yeah. myself yeah. get into my beingness. Because I was working so hard, I wasn't living, yeah. and not so many times you got in this talk, you've asked, "How did that feel?" I didn't even know how I felt mm. most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, just slowing down and just creating for the sheer love of creating it. That's incredible. Yeah, it's just to me that's what matters. Absolutely. And it's what makes me happy and it feels good. That's phenomenal, though. Yeah. Like, literally, I I just want to say, just in this moment, it, how much of a blessing it is to hear this story, though. Because it's like, for seeing how much you've overcome internally and externally, mm-hmm. right? And also just have the f- internal fortitude to, like, assess all of those in hindsight yeah and also look towards what a brighter being would be right in all avenues like you speak about it in your motherhood you speak about it in your craft Mm -hmm. you speak about it just in these elements of your life it's like to be concise which i'm definitely not is all of these ideas and all of these like theories of life or theories of being or productivity or all these things every one of them sounds great Mm -hmm. but applying them is so unique to each one of us and finding how the application of said things are different amongst us you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying it's not there's no recipe in this life other than experiencing it and going back to the drawing board child that's so true and what's what's crazy is like 
if you think of uh you know yeah nia andrews you know she's a singer she's an artist like you lived an entire life a few yeah before (laughs) before you even like had the courage to be an artist yeah you know what i mean so it's like i love that this story is about your journey of becoming an artist Mm. you know and it's not just like she was always you know oh yeah yeah, Andrews, yeah, she was singing at three years old, right? That's performing. a lot it's of like, people's story. Just, yeah, just like this entire journey just to evolve into an artist yeah. is incredibly powerful. And to see where, you're, where you are now, mm-hmm. you know, must be uh, wildly fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know? And, and get into like, you know, wh- where are you going from here? What's, what's, uh, what's in your universe right now? That's the name of my last EP from here. <laughs> there we go. There it is. <laughs> I'm writing music right now. I've been touring. Um, it's been feeling really good. To awesome. Over the last few months, I've been playing cities that I've never played before as myself. Like I play Europe for the first time as myself, not a guest of anyone or yeah. a background singer. And I was um, really... That was a milestone because yeah. it's not only that I've started accompanying myself on piano and I was just feeling like, okay, I need to, I need to play these songs myself. Let's just see what it feels like. Uh. And so to make friends with the piano again and just once I performed for the first time at the keyboard, it felt like, oh, that was the missing piece. Like the, the missing piece of the jigsaw landed. Mm on the puzzle I'm like oh (laughs) yeah okay so there you are peter yeah it's like (laughs) (laughs) peter piano bro (laughs) it feels good absolutely i'm just making making music i can't wait to share my new music is not done but yeah last last couple years 2016 it was very pivotal, mm. and this year has been like feels like I don't know. Go time. Yeah, it does feel like that. You better say yeah. that. You better say that out loud. I, like, I want to uh, feel it vibrate though. <laughs> I'm like, did I say that? Yeah, I'm just I'm especially proud to step into this place so that my son can see that yeah. parenthood doesn't end your dreams. Absolutely. Like it was important for me Beautiful. to be a living example of someone. Yeah. Like being tenacious and persevering and just going for it. Yeah. That's that's his example. And sometimes we have to go through what we don't want in order to be able to show and express what we do, right? Yeah. It's like to have gone through, you know, naturally it's idyllic to like grow up in, in a household where everything is like the perfect parent. Nobody's perfect, but we're all trying, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the beauty is is that what you feel like you didn't experience as a child, now having one, you're able and in a position oh, to give them I'm every... experiencing it from giving yeah. in the, the ill thing yeah. is he's just as, if not more, musical than me it's incre- when like, I, I was little. I cannot it's wait. It's so, yeah. so... Sick. And that has to just be so fulfilling just from your creative standpoint. It's really fun. Like looking at a little angel growing in front of you and like 
being able to blossom. It's like just the things of life that you're experiencing now. It's really, I mean, he's like, I'm excited to hear and discover with him who he's going to become. He's Can I ask like, you a, a, a question? Because sure. it's wild because I was going to like, <laughs> and I'll tell you my iterations. Okay. But, but I've been asking questions for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, but like, yeah, you're right. I love okay. you, dude. You're right. I got goose barnacles over here. I got the goose pimples. You got the goose barnacles. <laughs> I got the goose barnacles. They're petrified wood right now. <laughs> Um, I actually was thinking like of these iterations. I was like, okay, do I ask her like if you could write a postcard to like your younger self? And then I was like, you know what? If Peter Piano could write a letter to you, or like if you could write a letter to Peter Piano. But I want to ask you this, and I feel like this is very full circle. Okay. Um, in this whole sphere, is if you could write a letter to your son. Right, uh -huh. and have him live life, and naturally you're gonna be like teaching your son or like raising your son like in, in this vein. But if you could write a letter to your son, right, and he opens it when he graduates high school, yeah, what do you think it would be right now? Naturally, it changed, uh -huh. but in this moment, what do you what 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 would be in that letter to your son? Right now. Yeah. I write to him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I do write to him. I send him. I've been sending him <laughs> postcards and letters from all my travels since he was a baby. Mm. And he doesn't know that they're there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I feel we <laughs> I knew, like it's wow. I was thinking to myself. I was like, "There's this wave of energy." No, there's just I the, knew the goose pimples are fucking blossoming. The particles are bursting right now. Yeah. There's holy helicopters just flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you something that I actually said to him. Mm. So one day, this was maybe last year or so. One day. He was like, I'm going to be a rapper. I was like, no, <laughs> what? No, why do you want to do that, right? And he's been talking about music for years yeah. in a way that's weird for a small child to okay. be like on the way to school in its first grade and you're asking yeah. me. Just like you were almost. Though. Yeah, he's like a mini me. Yeah. But just like so much more. Like, I don't know. What is it? 2.0 when it's advanced or three? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so he was like, I'm going to be a rapper when I grow up. I'm like, no. Why do you want to do that? I can't believe you want to do that. And I'm just being all judgy. Like, no, I don't want you to be a rapper. Like, nah, nah, nah. And he's just like sinking in the backseat listening to me rant. And then something clicked like, yo, you are projecting. And totally putting like a huge barricade around his dreams. Wow. That shit is whack. And so I caught myself in it. And I was like, buddy, okay, the thing is, you know what you like now, right? He's like, yeah. I said, the hardest thing, one of the hardest things it is for some grown, grown ups is to know what they naturally like and to want to do that, mm. right? I was like, so sometimes. You're going to have to really fight for what you naturally like to do. Mm. 
And sometimes you're going to have to protect that from other people, even me. Yeah. Wow. Because, like, if that's what you want to do, then do that. I mean, I'm botching the retelling of this, but essentially it's like, and sometimes if you have they a even dream, change. That's going to change maybe. But when you're little, especially, you're really close yeah. to what you like. Yeah. Like what makes you feel like Absolutely. yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I just try to impart to him, like, I'm not always going to agree with you. I'm not always going to like what you like. What you think is dope, I might think is whack. Yeah. And vice versa. He tells me, he's like, yeah, I don't like that. He's talking about my music all the time. <laughs> And, but then he'll also say like, oh, that's good. He's so, he's such a snob. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that's, it. That's good. The other one, that was okay. I love he it. He beats. My stuff is too like lyrical and <laughs> I like, love no that drums. already. Yo, that he distinction. is a snob. Yeah. He is a snob. Well, we know if about your ears If it doesn't sound like ears, Dilla, though. then it's like not good. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yo. I, to him. I, I mean. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's the space he's in, but... <laughs> I just think it's so sad how many adults get so, um, like, they veer off the path of who they really are because Mm. they feel like they got to assimilate to what they think their parents want them to be or what society wants them Mm. to be or what they just should all over their lives. And so I just want to impart to him that, like, just go after what you like yeah, and what feels good to you. And that sounds kind of <coughs> indulgent, really, but I think that's what our soul is here to do is to just Absolutely. like... Because naturally you're going to be there for him as a mother, right? But like yeah. to be able to want and lust for something, you know what I'm saying? There's so many things that come into play with that, like naturally in life. It's like you start at the household, but then you're building like values and just like ability to... to, to Think for themselves. Yeah, like who kids, are you before yeah. the world tries to tell yeah. you who before they you, think before it, you, you are? Before you start going to your friends and like, because I like even think about it, like f- kids are trying to be cool kids. It's, I feel like elementary school is low key like L.A. Right? Oh my you god, come out the here, music industry is. Yeah, that you come too. out here, and unless you know who you are as a person, if 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 the cool guys gravitate towards you and they have their beliefs, and it's like, well, you can't be a part of our crew unless you believe us. No, it's so and true. And then it becomes this kind of assimilation. It's yeah. a lot you know of saying? pressure. Yeah. Um, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's like some people are fortunate to have that and others aren't. And it all boils down to what said parent or said person experienced in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're all unique individuals. Mm-hmm. Like. People, there are people in Syria that see the world differently. There are mm-hmm. people in Israel. There are people in Africa. There are people in Australia. Like, all of these things happen, and that's what make us, like you know, culturally and 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 shout out to the honk. Shout out to the honk. <laughs> they they yeah. feel you and worldly <laughs> unique, you know. And I think it's a, it's a blessing that that you've taken your life head on. And even when you didn't know what it was, or even when you had a heartbreak or an aching to do something, you were doing it, um, however long or short it took, and however hard or quick it clicked. Um, and I think it's an absolute blessing that you're raising a human being in the manner in which you know that you, your, your being would have and should have... Uh, at, in those moments, and you're you, and if you have the opportunity, you're not gonna mess around with it, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, for real. Nia, your story is incredible. Yeah, incredible. Yes. Such a beautiful weird. journey. It's incredible. I've got goose pimples. <laughs> and I've got goose, goose barnacles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <I> dig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the new name of the podcast. <laughs> Goose Barnacles. <laughs> that's a side project. Um, but no, this has been 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 so amazing to, to yeah. hear your journey. It's incredibly inspiring. Mm. I can't wait for people to hear this. Yeah. Up to this point they already have. You dig. You data. <laughs> Sonia, thank you. Thanks thank for you. having me, y'all. Yeah. Nushi. Mama! We made it!